Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 312 for the week of July 5th, 2014. I'm Chris Privetier here with RP Gamers Fit and Finest, including Anna Marie Privetier. I'm Fit and Fine. Uh, you, you sure are fine, girl. Oh, thanks. Jay, uh, Phil Willis. Salutations, felicitations, and jubilations. Uh, John Yerworth. Chris, can you buy me a new headset? Uh, no, yours sounds fine. No, it the incoming sounds terrible, but... No, that's because I'm talking... <laughs> no, I've got a wire breakage. I, I know what's going on. I just need uh, a new headset. Oh, I'm sorry. Somebody <laughs> donate to the John Yerworth Memorial Headset Fund, please. <laughs> In addition, you. we have Alex Fuller. Yay, the terrible day is over. Uh, oh, why is it the terrible day? I'm playing up the British. Say what? I'm playing up the British. You're playing up the British? Yeah. Well, what's wrong with the... Oh, just every day is terrible when you're British? Well, yesterday was a terrible day. Wow. Why was yesterday a terrible day? Fourth July. Oh! There oh, we go. <laughs> I get it! Hey. <laughs> ah, happy Fourth well. of July weekend, all you Americans, and I'm sorry for the British who lost us. Um, and somebody it's just, just mega an interesting time for sort of a retrospective look at how the colonies departed from the Commonwealth. Oh, is it? Yes, because the U.S. Oh, were like, we screw you guys and screw your tea. No, that the tea was a lot. That was not the Fourth of July. I know. I Nothing just... was the Fourth of July. Okay. They didn't I'm even sign for, things on the Fourth of July. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Canada was polite. They were like, we're leaving. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> do you mind? We, we don't really care if you mind, but do you mind? <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. <laughs> this is RP Gamers RPG Cast. We do it every week here at rpgamer.com slash live, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Hello, Noodle in the chat room. How you doing? All right. We've got the Pokemon World Video Game Champ. No, the Pokemon National U.S. Video Game Championship streaming live on Twitch.tv right now. We've got the World Cup like about to start in five minutes or something for the day, or maybe it's already going on for an hour. Yeah, it's already started. Okay, it's already started. Um, Actually, that sounds more interesting than the Pokemon World Championships, so maybe I'll turn that on. I I know. I've got Germany in the the, uh, Works World Cup sweepstakes, so I'm pretty much in the money on this one. So how's that work? Uh, everyone puts in five pounds and gets a team. Okay, this is uh, sanctioned or is this a local thing? Actually, uh, just something that work does. Uh, oh, at work. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Loads of places do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't do it here. We do that for the um, basketball. We don't do it for um. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, I just happen to. I just right, to let's draw see the Germany. score here. We can spoil it for people. Well, actually, it's this says it's Argentina versus Belgium. Yeah. Well, you said something about Germany, but they played yesterday. All right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I won't spoil the score for anybody who's... Well, actually, if you're downloading this, it's date. Argentina's up, so deal with it. All right. (laughs) Noodle in our chat room, by the way, cosplayed as a Mikote white mage at Anime Con... uh, Fantasy Con yesterday. And I want to say her costume looked awesome. So shout-outs to Noodle in the chat room. All right. So let's talk about what we've been playing. I'm going to go first because I'm boring. I played more Final Fantasy V on my iPad as part of Forge Job Fiesta. Um, 
anyone who's curious, my four jobs, I'm doing the Final Fantasy 1 challenge. My four jobs are Knight, Red Mage, White Mage, and Thief. And I'm at a boss where I'm having a lot of trouble. It's the evil dragon plant boss in the uh, second world. Um, so I will. Uh, I need to grind a bit. Uh, that's boring. I played... What did I play, Anna? 20 minutes of Yoshi's Island last night? Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> annoying baby Mario. Um, trying to figure out if that game's any good because there's people out there who really like it. Um, I've learned that I do enjoy the hasty egg-throwing mechanic rather than the double-tap egg-throwing mechanic, and that's all I've gotten to on that. I played Banished. Uh, as far as my city-building games I talked about playing last week, I played Banished and killed all my people. Phil Willis can attest to this. Um, took me about an hour and a half, I think. And They my died entire... a horrible, frozen, starving death. I'm mostly starving, but yeah, it was it was not good. Um, and I, I set the game as easy as I could make it, and it did not work out. <laughs> that game has a very delicate balance. I cannot really get a handle on it. I played some Cities XL, and it felt boring, so I don't even want to talk about it. And then I played some Dawn of Discovery, and that seems a lot better. Um, and then I learned that that's actually an Anno game. I did not know that. So Dawn of Discovery is Anno 1404 in the U.S. Um, John, you play the Anno games, right? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, so are you familiar with Dawn of Discovery? Uh, no. Well, for Anno 1404? Oh right! Yeah, is that like an expansion or something? Or it's the it's the U.S. name for fourteen oh four. Oh really? Yeah. Oh right, because I actually do own a copy of fourteen oh four. Yeah, and then the expansion of fourteen oh four is Venice. Yeah, that's the expansion. So I have the gold edition, which includes both. I'm trying to figure out. Well, it doesn't matter. That it's interesting, and it's it's got like this tutorial campaign thing, and I'm trying to figure out if I should play it anymore or not, but. It's also um, got an unlimited mode that I might enjoy more. Well, yeah. Um, and also basically, Anno 2070 is just 1404, but in the future. And a slightly better graphics engine. Yeah. Well, actually, it's a really pretty graphics engine, as you might have seen in that screenshot I posted in the no, uh, podcast thread. You're right. Um, the problem is that it costs a lot more on Steam. It yeah, never it went on. It never went on deep discount during the recent Steam sales. So that's why I've no, done it just the goes on. It just goes on deep discount every other time during the year. Steam sale, yeah. Steam sale, yes. Yeah, so I, I gotta wait for that, and then I'll get in it to 2070. So, yeah, so that's that's interesting. Um, it is a, uh, what is it? It's kind of, so far, it's very cooperative trading stuff in the campaign. There's nothing competitive about it, but I think that changes if you play a real game of it. I'm not sure. Um, is it a comp- Is it like a 4X game, John, or is it just of city building? Um, I, I suppose it has kind of minor elements of a 4X game, but not not especially. Okay, so it's about making your stuff bigger and trading with others and in the yeah. campaign at least accomplishing certain objectives and probably not in the main game. Um, yeah, and building up a tech tree and all that stuff. Mm. So, yeah, I'm liking that. So I might play more of that and more of the Settler 7, which I didn't play this week, but I played a previous week. Um, I, uh, I mean, I spent and, and <clears throat> I've spent a little time in both those those games that you mentioned. Uh, for me, I mean, the graphics are really good in those games, but I don't know. It, it's almost like it, it lacks a, a certain charm. I generally, out of those those types of games, I'm looking for some charm. Like I've played like Pharaoh and 
<clears throat> some of the older ones back in the day, and they were kind of cute. Go a little bit further back to like theme hospital and stuff, and that those things were just hilarious. If all I'm going to do is building a town, and I'm not going to build up an army to eventually go and squish somebody, well, then um, you should play the settlers because you do have to. Yeah, build the up settlers an army. is a good. Oh yeah, yeah, they're funny. I like the settlers. Mm, okay, it's just the ando and stuff. It's just so cut and dry. You it's think just, it's yeah, dry? When when I was talking to the NPC, I don't want competition. I want my city to be big. But I do well, yeah, need objectives or something. It, well, 20, tw- uh, tw- 2000, whatever it was, the one that's set in 2000 yeah. Thank you. Um, it, it has uh, like a story mode that carries you through, and you've got people talking to you, giving you objectives. But it, it, but the the guy's actually like your boss, and you're working yeah. for like a company. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, dude, I get this at work. Oh, you better produce this in this <laughs> amount of time. I'm like, damn, this isn't getting away you know, to a fantasy escape. This is like, this is like work. Hell, screw this crap. Here's my here's my resignation. <laughs> but I can see why people you like it. You should go it. play I free just... mode then or something, I guess. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then uh, to round it out, I played uh, more Jade Empire. I like Jade Empire. I should finish that game. Um, oh, I'm glad that you're coming. I'm glad that you're coming around to it. I was a, I listened to your podcast a couple of weeks ago. I had to set ago. it to easy, but yeah, okay, yeah, that's what that's made good. The Whatever it takes, because it is a really I I liked it a lot. Yeah, I'm, it, it's old. And it's it's it doesn't have the production value of a modern Bioware title, and it shows. <laughs> and now, now you definitely have to, to reset it's your all expectations. 3D, but it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, low production values show off, show so much more when you're doing a 3D game. Is is what it is. Well, and the other thing is that it's it's going for that super you know pretty realistic look, and realistic 3D graphics don't hold up very well over over the years. I mean, no, no one's going back and saying, "Wow, Final Fantasy VIII had awesome graphics." No, it, it just, didn't. Yeah, it, Robin Williams runs your school. All right, it's a problem. Um, Halo Two is the other He's thing so I played cute. this week, um, and somebody just groaned because I said Halo Two. I think. No, that was David in the background. Oh, okay. So I played a lot of Halo 2, and that's that game's fun when I'm in a vehicle and kind of boring when I'm not. So, yeah, Halo 2. That, that's my summary for Halo 2. <laughs> I think that's all this. That's, that, that's all you RPG. got, Chris? I mean, that's, isn't that part of your big challenge thingy that you're working yeah, on? Yeah, that's for, part of my E3 2004 thing, yeah. but, you know, um, I mean, this, this game was really being pumped, man. I mean... Yeah. When I watched that video way back in the day, man, I almost went out and bought myself an Xbox. It looks so good. There's got to be more to it. There just has to be. No, it's a shooter. <laughs> I, I'm yawning but, while I say that. That should tell you enough. Does it have a really deep story that the Halo series is known for? Um, yeah, I don't understand it whatever, whatsoever. Uh, There's something about truth, regret, and, and peace or charity. Ch- I don't know, whatever it is. And they're all and they're prophets. And the grunts versus the elites, and uh, there's political strife, and it it all seems completely overwrought for no reason, and it's just there, and they they're going for a deep plot, but um, in a shooter game where it doesn't seem to help the game at all, so it's like, all right, here are these big plot cutscenes and people turn on things, and now the oracle who we thought was going to be this big thing is not a big thing, but he is a big thing. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what it means, and I don't know why I should care. <laughs> I don't know why I should care. <laughs> That's kind of the biggest issue. Why should I care about this plot? Because I'm not really affecting it. I'm more like just watching it, and it's like a really messy movie put together. So it's like, okay, 
Okay, so all you Halo fanboys who want to email Chris a middle finger, you want to go ahead and do that to no, wheels no. at rpgamer.com. No, this is, yeah, wheels at rpgamer.com. In addition to that, <laughs> I, they'll agree. I mean, I think Halo 2 stories, like everyone complains about, like how complicated it is. And mm-hmm. it's like, why did they do this? And you you play as the Arbing, Arbiter, Arbiger, Harbinger, oh, Arbiter, whatever. <laughs> for part of the game it's like well that's not master chief and it's like what's it matter you're still shooting things um so whatever i don't know i'll finish it and then maybe i'll have a better take on it and then eventually i'll be on halo 3 so i can see when i finish the fight if you remember halo 2 is about taking the fight to earth halo 3 is finishing the fight we'll see how i feel then um and then you have a new fight yeah and then there's a new fight which is actually resolve finishing up all the loose ends from the old fight as far as cortana is concerned so whatever and then number five is a truly new fight right I, maybe i don't know um, i don't care uh, yeah <laughs> or is four five six supposed to be a new trilogy uh, i think it's trilogy isn't it trilogy okay good isn't that great um I'm. I'm. Just, I don't want to talk more about Halo Two. Um, Master Chief can write in and tell me how wrong I am about Halo Two. That's fine. Um, he he's more of an expert. His given his nickname, he's more of an expert on it than I am. So, um, let's see, John, what have you been playing? Uh pretty much the same as last week. Magic 2014 and lots of it. Well, not just that, but um, so Magic 2014, Final Fantasy 14, still. Yeah. And uh, more Crusader Kings 2. Okay. Uh, that is pretty much it. <laughs> I've played a few other things, but I can't remember. Have you reunited the Roman Empire? Uh, Yes. Oh, good for you. So is that like a victory condition, or is that just something you do? No, no. The, the, basically, the, the, the objective of Crusader Kings usually is to basically have your dynasty survive until the end of the game, which I believe is... 1485 I think. Okay. Um so basically as long as a, a member of your dynasty like can t- can is alive and can continue even if you're reduced to like a sort of one county or uh, sort of one duchy sort of province or whatever mm-hmm. you can still sort of get back from that. So basically what uniting the Roman Empire does is it uh replaces the Byzantine Empire completely. So it replaces its name it's uh, uh coat of arms, that kind of thing. Um, your character gets a, a prestigious title for doing so, and then basically anyone who then holds the position of emperor of the Roman Empire uh, gets a uh, trait which gives them a sort of fairly respectable uh, opinion boost for basically everyone else in the game. Because mm. they all look up, look up to you as the fact that you're, you know the roman emperor so funnily enough the trait is called augustus ah. so and that's uh and that uh i think builds on the trait the um bonus you get for having your character provided you hold um it's either constantinople or rome i can't remember which uh but there's also a trait for being born in the purple which is the famous birthing room of the byzantine empire which also gives you an opinion bonus so the only people who hate you at that point are uh, the people who um, have, like, minus 200 modifiers because they think you're an evil tyrant and the sort of people who start revolts. So, Cool. That works. I'm, I'm, 
sounds interesting, but a very complicated game that I don't think I want to get into. No, um, I, I, I would actually recommend playing it. Oh, um. but then I have another game to play. How much is this thing? Well, because the other thing you can do is um, uh, there's a piece of um, DLC for it, which was included with the pre-order of uh, Europa Uvernosalis 4 that basically converts your save game into a mod for Europa Uvernosalis 4 so you can continue the game, as it were. What? Really? So, okay, so... Europa Uvernosalis 4 is another paradox game uh-huh. that changes the mechanics around. It's more about um, it, Crusader Kings is mostly focused on sort of dynasty-based politics. You know, you you play a, a member of a dynasty and you sort of have to have your dynasty survive basically through the Middle Ages. Yeah. Um, Europa Uvernosalis 4 is more about like empire building, colonization, that kind of thing, uh, and it effectively starts when Crusader Kings 2 ends. Um, but what you can do is there is a piece of uh, DLC for Crusader Kings 2 that allows you to effectively import your save game from Crusader Kings 2 into Europe awesome. 4. And basically continue through until... Uh, I can't remember what the end date for Europe Uvernosalis 4. I think it might be the end of like the 18th century or something. Yeah, I think so. Because then you've got Victoria after that, which is well, basically the Victorian period. Yeah. And then Hearts of Iron, which covers the Second World War. Although there's no save converters for those. Oh, you could just keep going the whole way. It would be awesome. Yeah, but it is... I I think they'll offer some of the older ones, but... Yeah, I I mean, considering... um, With the piece, one of the DLCs for um, Crusader Kings 2 changes the start date, or it gives you a start date that... uh, Because the standard start date is 1066. uh, But one of the pieces of DLC uh, allows you to start as far back as 8. 25, I believe, mm. which means that it is actually possible with both Crusader Kings 2 and Europa Uvernosalis 4 to play through something like 1,000 years worth of history. Half in one game, half in the other. So actually, my, my, my okay. intention is to, is to get through to 1485 and then convert the save to Europa Uvernosalis 4, which, funnily enough, does actually have data in it for the Roman Empire, because uh, obviously in the, in the regular Europa Uvernosalis 4 start uh, in 1485, it's still the last remnants of the Byzantine Empire. Let's see, I'm checking our uh, press account over at Gamersgate, and we have um, Crusader Kings 2. We do not have Europa Universalis 4. Hmm, I wonder why. Oh well. So I could try it that way, I guess. Um... Yeah, that's handy. Wow, that's a lot of DLC for Crusader Kings 2. Wow. Wow. Legacy of Rome. That's the thing you're doing. Um, yeah. Okay, what else did you play, John? Hello? Oh, right. Well, actually, the only other thing I did was um, I, I did get back into playing uh, original generations to, oh, second original generations Super Bowl Wars game. Which ah, that sounds like the John I know. There was not enough robots. Not enough giant robots. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I've been replaced by a pod person. Podcast person. Hmm. I wonder why they didn't give us this game. Oh, that stinks. I'm complaining. Our press account didn't get all the games. Burr. Do I hear a cat purring? Yes, you do. Okay, That's just Simon. making sure. Yeah, he's right here. <laughs> all right. So let's see what else we got. Uh, Alex. You played Hello. stuff, right? Yeah, I played stuff. <laughs> I think 
I think primarily I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV because I finally got around to getting to level 50 and completing the main story quests. Oh, good for you. Is it worth it? So, yeah. yeah, it was fun. I mean, mostly... I mostly did it because I think some people in the free company got to around the same point I'd just been mucking around at. So I went through the final few bits with them, and that was a lot of fun. Even if I had no idea what I was doing in the last two dungeons. <laughs> just because I was going through with all the experienced people and they were speedrunning it, so I just I followed them and it was stuff happened and it was fun. It's probably the best way to describe it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, apart from that I've just been playing Dragon Age Origins for no readily apparent reason apart from I wanted to so I well, think I've just been that's a I've just been replaying it so. getting psyched for 3 right? yeah or, or finding things that I can complain about 3 for not doing or changing <laughs> well, you can already <laughs> complain about 2 changing everything right? well yeah we'll, we'll pretend that one doesn't exist ah alright is that how that's going to work? <laughs> anyway, yeah, and I've still been very slightly playing through Inazuma Eleven Go. Is that any good, or is it the fourth one? And you're like, man, there's too many of these now. Oh, I, I was sort of like that on the third one because it was still all the same characters and stuff. This one, I'm, I'm having more fun with because it's a completely new cast. It's sort of got all the actual 3DS upgrades, so it, it's more fresh than the than three felt. Okay. I think I've spoke about that quite a bit yeah, last week. So. Yeah, yeah, all right. And uh, that brings us to Anna, who's been playing nothing. What? <laughs> That's not true, and you know it. Yeah, I know. You've been spending in-game currency on one of these games. <laughs> My wallet can feel it. <laughs> well, um, I think I mentioned last week in the What Will You Play that I was going to play another case solved, and I have. How many yeah. cases have I solved? A I've lot solved of cases. 200 minor cases. Oh my gosh. And 35 major cases. So minor have... cases are basically you grinding. Yes. So you need to solve minor cases to get minor case credit. And then you use minor case credit to buy major, to unlock major cases. Or you can just pay real money and skip all that. Yes. But why would you do that? Because you're crazy. You're doing it in the other game. Um, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm using currency in high school story to unlock more quests. Oh, gosh. Anna's playing high school story, which is a game I downloaded as a joke saying, oh, you'd like this game. It's a high school sim. And then she does. She likes it. And she's playing it and spending in-app purchases. Help. Somebody help. This is what you get for downloading it onto my iPad. Oh, I've dug my own grave. <laughs> so I've Your also been playing has more. has lost a level. <laughs> yeah. I've also been playing more Rise of Burke. Okay. Um, beyond that, um, I've been playing download games that were stolen back onto my 3DS. And I've been playing Conception 2. And getting some tips on girls from Alex. You said tips. I wasn't. I said those ones. And wait, what I think all, tips or tits? Oh, I, I got confused there. P P P tip. Okay, cool. Thanks for clarifying. You're I think I, well, welcome. Cross yeah. my heart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. 
Yeah. So I'm in the dungeon that I don't want to say the name of. And holy crap, plot twist. The bad guy that I thought was the bad guy wasn't the bad guy. <gasps> so did you end oh, up? Really? Think- yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the other person. And I can't I- remember who most of them are now. <laughs> I'll have to explain it to you after the podcast because I don't want to spoil it for people. I, yeah. I'm very sad, though, about what happened. Before I went into that fight, I, I like frantically Googled to see if there was a way to avoid it, and there isn't. So there. Yeah. I know what you're referring to in that one. <laughs> we talk around spoilers. Yeah, that made me sad. Oh, so yeah, I actually you, I use Serena and Tori because they both have all attacks. So, but you didn't use any all attacks. That's fascinating. No, I, I, thought, I didn't actually use those characters and didn't actually realize they existed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was getting the achievement for bringing all the girls to the various labyrinths. And, okay, um, yeah, I, I sort of gave up on that. I asked about the second labyrinth. I said, no, I can't be bothered doing this. And oh, just... oh no, 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 no. You just have to bring them all out once. Uh, I don't think there's another achievement to bringing them all to every single one of them. Okay. That's still too much effort now. (laughs) So, and yeah, I just noticed the two of them had alls and I was using them to level up my, um, my star children. So how many geniuses did you end up with? Um, I think I got three at the end. Okay. That's what I have too. They're from three different mothers though. Yeah. (laughs) I'm slowly growing a party of, Small, light blue haired children. Yeah, I think a lot, yeah, a lot of mine were either blonde or pink haired at the end. <laughs> nice. This game makes me proud to be a Utah, you know, because we're already <laughs> familiar with these concepts. Three wives, <laughs> lots of kids. <laughs> Dang, did I say that out loud? I thought I was on mute. Um, and then I've been playing Disney's Magical Kingdom. Oh my gosh. It's like Animal Crossing with goals. It's awesome. I love it. No, you need to expand on that. Like, what, okay. what sets us so, apart? Um, when you start the game, um, basically you have a prologue. And the prologue is like a, a tutorial in disguise. It doesn't feel like a tutorial, which is really cool. And... Um, it introduces you to all the different concepts of the game. So gathering materials, creating clothing, buying and selling, um, fishing and killing ghosts and doing dungeons and quests and requests. And then after you basically do all of those things, which is like 16 tasks, it's like, here is the world. Go do whatever you want. But the cool thing is, is unlike Animal Crossing, where you really have no direction, um, it actually suggests things that is relevant for you to do at this time. So that was cool. And it has DLC. Mm-hmm. So I have lots of free shirts now. Oh, do you? Yes. And I'm deciding whether it's worth $4 to unlock Pirates of the Caribbean. No. Eh, it adds a lot. She wants to spend... <sighs> How much DLC is there for that? Uh, paid? Less yeah. than $10. Oh, okay. Debt has leveled up. 
Huh? There's free stuff? Yeah. I downloaded like 10 free things last night. There's like 10 free things and four things you pay for, which is two shirts and that Pirates of the Caribbean package. Oh, wait. And there's two themes for your restaurant. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing is you get a cafe and you get to run it. Uh Uh-huh. And you get to cook things and you get to change the design and you get to make the... um, the waiter's costumes and you can actually put a me in as the waiter so chris is my bitch in the restaurant thank you for putting it that way (laughs) it's very crude what's wrong with you oh now she feels bad okay so you uh you've employed me at your restaurant And I'm a happy employee, right? You're miserable. All you do is complain that Michael married me in Tomodachi life. Oh, I thought I was complaining because you don't allow me to use certain forms of birth control. <laughs> Bazinga. Let's not get into that particular I am so upset over her me in Tomodachi life. It's married Michael. Michael Tidwell from the, from, you know from this podcast and (laughs) in my copy of tomodachi life anna and i are together but no in her copy of tomodachi life we hate i like her and she doesn't like me it's ridiculous he finally gave up on me that's okay um when i first started playing the game he fell in love with my the one of the bridesmaids from my wedding Mm -hmm. and he wouldn't leave her alone so i had to marry her off to um reggie To Reggie. Yep. <laughs> I like that. Oh, fils We need to get more um more celebrities and stuff in there. <laughs> There's lots of places where you can scan the QR codes. Oh, is there? Okay. Should do that. Fill up my apartment building. Okay, so you played anything else? No, not really. Mm, trying to think. No, I think that's everything. Uh, just a little bit of Tomodachi life, which I mentioned. And yeah, I think that's about it. So I have things to talk about what I'm going to play next week. Okay. All right. Uh, that brings us to... Let's see who's left. Are we out? No, Phil. Phil. <laughs> look at you. What have you been... You, whoa. Look at what you've been playing. Tell people what you've been playing. That's old. That's old. Nah. <laughs> Well, first, uh, my brother and I have been playing uh, Dragon Warrior t- uh, 2, Dragon Quest 2, as part of our uh, RPG track, going back and rediscovering our that, RPG roots. That game has co-op? No, we play uh, We play basically at the same time, and we share tips and stuff that we come across. Like, I found, uh, I found um, what was it called? Uh, the Gold Key. Just happened to run across the Gold Key, which is needed to open up a, a good number of doors in the game. Oh. And it's, it's a little hidden. Um, not terribly hidden, but, uh, I came across it while sailing the open seas. And so I share that information with him and then, you know, he'll come across something. We'll share it. We, we do resort to FAQs if we need to, we're not going to spend all day looking for required things to move the story forward. But, uh, but it it is kind of like, you know, you're back in the eighties and you're both playing the same game and you're sharing tips like with, like you would do with Zelda and the such to try to get through the game before reaching for that, uh, copy of Nintendo power, assuming you even had it. So that's actually been pretty fun. We're playing the uh, we're playing the Super Nintendo version through the uh, emulator because that never really got released proper in America. 
Um, and uh, it's prettier. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, you can play the original NES or you can play the Game Boy Color. Uh, you know, th- those got re-released here. But yeah. the Super Nintendo was only released in Japan and then it was later fan translated. So those fan translators get a big high five from me. Surely, surely help uh, fan translate a, a game, uh, Bahamut Dragoon Lagoon, something like that. Um, so, yeah, that was those those fan trailers do a, an awesome job. I did come across when I was playing the it's the Dragon Warrior one and two are on the same SNES um, ROM. Uh, so when you patch one, you patch the other. Essentially, there was a, there was a bit of an error caused by it in Dragon and Dragon. Quest one, you get the staff of rain. It's a key item uh, needed to move the plot forward. You combine it with other key items to make this rainbow bridge to get to the bad guy's castle. Well, I I'd never played that game before. That's why I'm going back and rediscovering these roots. I haven't played one, two, or three. So uh, I just for kicks and giggles, I figured I would try to use the item and see what happened. Maybe it would start to rain or just say something funny. Um, instead. Uh, Instead, it put nothing in my inventory. And when I say nothing, it literally took up a line that said nothing. <laughs> and as in Dragon, most old Dragon Warrior games, your inventory space is very limited. You don't want nothing there. And again, by nothing, I mean something. It's just called nothing. So I tried to drop it. It said, this item's too important to drop. Uh, I tried to sell it. It said, oh, no, that's way too important for me to buy. I'm like, it's nothing. It's nothing. Just take it off my hands. I'll pay you to take it off my hands. No, nobody would take it. It was it was definitely a bug in the system. It also brought up a like a shop dialogue when you use the staff, selling you basic items and stuff. So um, reloading my emulated save state didn't help because I actually saved after I had triggered the error, not realizing that it had put nothing in my inventory until later on down the road. Um, I had to actually go back to the last time I saved with the king. Um, so yeah, that was pretty funny. You gotta gotta keep an eye out for those those bugs every once in a while. So. My my brother is a big fan of uh, using the cheat codes to get unlimited gold in these games, which I think is absolutely wrong, immoral, just incomprehensible. It's cheating. So we get into little arguments here and there. But other than that, we're having a good time. Um, I'm blogging about it. I've got uh, – I, I, I put it up on our forums. You can check that at rpgamer.com. Hit the little forums link on the left. It's in the Square Enix section, RPG Trek. And uh, I posted the first part of my journey into Dragon Warrior 2 there. And I think there's a link to my review to Dragon Warrior 1. I didn't really journal that one because it's really a short, short journey. Just went straight for kind of a review on that one. So, yeah, I've been doing that. That's lots of fun. Playing uh, Final Fantasy V on the uh, Game Boy still while I'm exercising and stuff. Went to the uh, tower where one half the tower is uh, magic only and the other half the tower is physical attacks only. And... I remember we were kind of uh, in the the Battle Royale uh, where it was Persona 4 against, oh, what was it? Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. There was some concerns. Uh, somebody said, well, I don't like uh, Persona or one of the things I don't like about Persona is the fact that, you know, enemies have elemental, the bosses especially have elemental, you know, weaknesses or whatnot. And if you're not set up to, you know, attack those weaknesses, you basically are going to lose the battle and you're going to have to reapproach it. And... You know that that is a, a frustrating design decision. If you're if you get into a, a a battle, and the only way you're going to be able to beat that battle is through trial, error, and then reload your save game and go back and beat the boss. It's not like you can strategize there on the fly and beat some of those battles. But this, I, my point was, this has been in RPGs forever. I just play Final Fantasy V. I get up to the Tower of Magic and whatever have you. I'm sure somebody gave me clues somewhere that you can only use magic on one side, but I failed to read between the lines. <laughs> so I got my ass kicked on the first few random battles. I'm like, 
why is it every time I attack this guy, he counterattacks for 9,999 points of damage? How rude. Um, rude. And it splits your party to two. So you've only got two party members. You can't resurrect fast enough when you start doing that kind of stuff. So I I kind of read between lines, figured it out, got all the way to the top of the towers where there are these – the game kind of slows down because it it keeps flashing the, the camera between the two different parties back and forth, slowly sliding the camera over. So you're like, okay, waiting, waiting, waiting. Okay, boss guy shows up, beat this first boss guy with physical attacks. That took a while because you're having to heal with items and stuff. And I didn't think to bring a chemist, so it's really slow healing. So that battle took forever. Then I go over to the magic side where I've got the two magic, you know, people. But the two magic classes I had, one was like focusing on time mage and white magic. The other one was summoner and something else. Just could not cut through this guy. I mean, I was only doing like 200 points a hit, and this guy's probably got like 20,000 hit points. I ran out of magic points. Um, even with the ethers, I was I was just not going to be able to beat that game. Uh, so I had to reload and re-strategize and walk all the way back up the tower again, you know, using different classes and uh, approach it. I did this twice before I got it right. So, yeah, this is just unfortunately something that's been in RPGs for like forever, the whole – you know, unless you're using an FAQ, which I, I tend to do sometimes in Strange Journey because I get really pissy, at, you know, at some of those boss battles. Uh, you, you're not going to know until you do a lot of trial and error on these guys in, in just about any game. Um, been playing 14. We, we did a lot of dungeon running last night. Uh, we, 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 we're doing that every, every week at night now. Some of us uh, from RP Gamer and our forum friends, we're doing a, a kind of a chat channel in Skype. So if you want to join, you can just shoot me off a, you know, a message either on the forums or, uh, you know, you can shoot me off a Twitter or something like that. I'm JC Servant on Twitter. Uh, but uh, we just got kind of like this Skype group set up. We call each other and we just kind of shoot the breeze. Uh, last night it was Adrian, uh, Rob, who is anime mo- uh, f- uh, man on our forums. Uh, Shirley was sitting right next to me. And we did a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen and WoW talk. And we eventually persuaded Adrian to join Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> Yay, good job. <laughs> Yay, Adrian. So uh, he uh, he was able to download the game pretty fast last night. Went through the normal pains that is uh, Square Enix's sign-up registration process. While not nearly as uh, bad as Final Fantasy eleven, it still has its pains. And it took Adrian like a good 30 minutes just to figure out that he already had a sign on. He doesn't know from where he doesn't know from when, because he did 11 before he was uh, an RP gamer and he was using his RP gamer email address to sign up for 14. So that was a little frustrating because it didn't do, didn't do a real good job of communicating why he wasn't getting the confirmation email. He wasn't getting it because he had already signed up for an account. Um, so, uh, but he was finally able to get in after about, uh, you know, two hours between the download time, the registration, everything else. So I got to, I brought my Lala felt to him and I waved to him and uh, gave him some gill and pushed him out the door and told him to go out and be a hero. <laughs> go and <laughs> be free. <laughs> be free, little flower. We're going to set you free and see if you come back to our guild. If you come back, then it was meant to be. Uh, oh, yeah. Did you make sure to, is he, he is playing on the live then, right? Yes, yes. We. I, I was very surprised we were able to get him in because uh, that was part of my frustration was that I was – oh, I, I couldn't get in for like two days straight. It wasn't until like a Sunday morning at like 6 a.m. when you know people were still sleeping or going to church. Uh, yeah, but no, he, he was able to, to sneak in last night. So we all did the uh, – we all uh, sang the Final Fantasy fanfare song once he got into the server. We all did that in course. So yeah, that was awesome. And then uh, last but not least, uh, the guys that I work continue to play Clash of Clans, and I got my town hall up to eight, which is kick-ass because now I get um, 
stuff, more more stuff. I get the uh, Valkyrie chick. And she's really cool. She goes and runs in between buildings and stuff and spins around and destroys lots of things at the same time. So, yeah. Clash of Clans. Okay, kind of so a- Adrian Van Oden then in the guild list. That I, th- that's, I was wondering who that was. Yeah, yeah, you were wondering, that's right? That- <laughs> yeah, thanks to a uh, big thank you to whoever at least promoted. I don't know if it was you or somebody else who promoted me far enough to where I could recruit members because I was just clicking on his name. I was like, because I told him, well, we'll just have to wait for one of the guild uh, leaders to uh, get online at the same time as you and me, and I'll tell him who you are and get you hooked up. And I'm clicking on his name to add him to my friends list. I'm like, oh, wait, it says invite to guild. Well, I don't know if I ever got those permissions or not, but let's try it. And yeah, it let him in. So it was funny I, because – oh, go ahead. Uh, what's your name in the guild again? Uh, I, I, I have am, a bad time keeping track of everyone considering there's 49 names. Uh, do, 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 where did they put my name on this thing? Jeez. Uh, I think you're so, you're so dark. Oh, here he is. Krilius uh, so Thumar. Oh, yes. Krylius Thumar. So, uh, yeah, you know, what was really funny was uh, I said, where are you? And he says, I'm in uh, Grandy or whatever the hell it's called uh, and the canopy. So I went over there and I immediately recognized who he was because he (laughs) because of his name. And and I said, that's a really good name. He's like, yeah, what I did feel is I just I just asked myself, how would Phil pronounce my name on RPG Backtrack? Basically, I slaughter everyone's name. So he is, is a, basically a slaughtered version of his own name. So he's pretty easy to recognize. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I intentionally set it up so that all members, as long as they weren't of the trainee rank, which is um, uh, I, I think I actually have to put people there manually anyway. Um, yeah, I we, think, have, we have no trainees. <laughs> yeah. Uh, every, every, everyone who is invited to the guild can, can invite other people to the guild. Yeah, well, thanks. It was it was very convenient. Got him right in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mostly for that. Was... Mostly for that reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was just a spur of the moment thing. Uh, I at the beginning of our little chat last night, um, he wasn't talking about joining fourteen or anything like that. Uh, but then uh, Rob started talking about WoW, and and then that that got Adrian to talking about why he left WoW and why he's never going back. <laughs> that went back and forth. And at this time, I'm playing 14 and kind of explaining, you know, why Shirley likes 14 better. And of course, Shirley's in 14. I'm going to be in 14. So, um, and, and Adrian just heard this going back and forth and said, you know, I've got a lot of days off this month. And he told us about, you know, how at his job, um, he had a lot of time off coming and he's going to be off like 20 days this month. This would be a great time to join an MO. And I keep hearing such good things about 14. I said, yeah, dude, you need to join. All the RP Gamer staff is there. I mean, we got our foreign friends in there. You need to strike while the iron's hot. So <laughs> we got him in. Start explaining to him like the job class system. He's like, wow, that really sounds cool. I said, it is cool. You need to join. <laughs> it is cool. You need I, to join. Squeenage should probably me a pick commission. the most boring one. What's that? He did probably pick the most boring one, though, looking at him. What, he went, what, he went Archer. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well he wanted to he went Archer because he wanted to do the Bard. He said that was his one of his favorite classes in eleven. So he's going to do – he's eventually working for Bard and one other uh, – what are they called at the end? Jobs. Um, so – and that's why he's picking those classes. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. Too, I'm with yeah, you, John. I, I looked at Archer. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's super excited about how easy it is to switch and I showed him all that. But I'm like you. I was like, ooh, Archer looks a little boring. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Thaumaturge. And let me tell you guys something. I, I don't know if I mentioned on RPG Cast before. But I mentioned on RPG Backtrack. I really like the flavor of the Thaumat. Is that what I – no, I'm not a Thaumatur- Arcanist. I'm sorry, Arcanist. Mechanically, it's it's very similar to the 
uh, warlock and wow, I've got a pet. I dot things up. Uh, mechanically, it's it's not you know super exciting, but uh, thematically. He, it's a it's a class of wizards that are based off of logic. They walk around talking like Mr. Spock. When you cast a spell, the little guy whips out a book and starts writing in it as if he's taking notes or something. And then at the end of his sentence, he flourishes the pen out in front of him, and that's where the spell comes out. It's I've you know it's a very as far as I've played, it's a pretty original concept. I've never really seen a, a wizard that's really based on this science logic as opposed to some mystical wizardry arcane knowledge that no one can really put their fingers on because magic is such a mystery to everybody their approach is it's logic it's intelligence it's science anybody who wants to apply themselves can you know can learn this type of thing and they go around talking probabilities and everything again like like mr spock so it's flavor wise it's just a, a really interesting and feels original to me anyways uh, take on magic users so i'm enjoying the theme of the whole thing i explained to him how i'm becoming a level 30 arcanist and a level 30 gladiator uh, with a level 15 conjure and that unlocks the paladin and uh, scholar jobs which are ta- which is your tank and healing you know for dungeons specifically um so i'm super excited about that i'm actually level 28 arcanist now and my gladiator is uh 23 and i've already got conjure up uh, quite a bit so that's not an issue as everyone's looking for healer ah, in dungeons tfn in the chat room just realized we all play on leviathan and yeah, so does yeah, he. So he's got two level oh. fifty characters. So, oh well, heck, get him you in the can, guild. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you could send me a, a message, and I'll be happy to get you in the guild. Um, forget how to look up my name again. Here we go. Uh, it's spelled Krilius uh, K R Y L I U S for Sam. Last name is Thumar T H U M for Michael A R. So if you shoot me off a message, uh, I'm sure I can get you in, buddy. We have a pub. We have a pub. Yes, we do mean? have a pub. We have player housing or something. Yeah, we do. Uh, that is mostly yeah. the work of uh, Twin and his brother, who foot the nearly two million gil yeah. bill for that. Good job, uh, guys. So for which they uh, have been given a special rank in the guild that nobody else has because, well, they basically funded the whole thing. <laughs> There's not much is else. The you rank can give called them. money bags. It no, be. no, they they're, they're specifically Uncle there. Scrooge. They, they're uh, head of the house. Head of the house. Or housing. You should call him master of the house. <laughs> um, but yeah, because master. they because they um, foot, basically foot all of the money for the housing, uh, they're the ones who actually have, um, as far as I'm aware at least, I don't think the officers, which are mostly RP... Uh, eh. Both. It's me, I think. At the moment, everyone else doesn't play. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, right, no, I mean, most of, the, most of the officers are RP gamer staff members. I think. I need to come uh, back and play more. Hmm. Whereas... God is the other one. <laughs> yeah. We, should, we need a way, uh, be, because this podcast is really about organizing things for myself. It's it's a very selfish endeavor. So I need a way to integrate my my Mario Kart 8 playtime and Final Fantasy XIV playtime with the same people, and I need a crossover between the two and an excuse to play both. So I need you all to get on that. I'll resume my 14 account, and we'll have some Mario Kart tournaments, and then I get to play everything I want. All right? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking, speaking. Not, not a single ascent. All right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of um, uh, money and stuff, that's another thing I like to, to focus on when I play MMOs. I mean, uh, after all, uh, that's a big difference between MMOs and single player RPGs is the 
way the markets work and stuff in a normal game of course you can go and sell anything you find for half they might have a crafting system if it's you know a bigger game like skyrim or the such but in MMOs, those are always bigger and, and the marketplace is based on supply and demand and, and if you can learn to work that you can you can make yourself a lot of money um I've just been playing kind of loosely for six or seven weeks now. I, I haven't hit my second month yet because it hasn't hit my credit card uh, or the end of my second month. Uh, and I'm sitting at 361,000 gil. I'm not even trying super hard just yet um, because I'm trying is to get Is that a level. lot of gil? Well, considering a guild house is 2 million, and that's for a guild house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I was thinking if I was to actually focus on making gil, well, I probably I could do it pretty quick. For, I don't know what you use gil for in this in this game anymore. So like... Um, you, can you buy everything you need uh, with that? Like play, uh, yeah, three hundred high end items mean, like there were in eleven that are super expensive, or is that not how this game works? I, yeah, I haven't I, got, yeah, I uh, haven't got to the high end. I know for Shirley and I, it's about saving up for a house because player housing is supposed to be coming out, you know, relatively soon, and it's going to be a million to two million. Gill is the projections because guild housing is two million, so you presume that player housing is you know somewhere underneath of that. Um, so I'm already, you know, pretty happy that I'm somewhere the, uh, between a third and a the sixth private, there. The private chambers stuff, which they're releasing in the patch on Tuesday, is 300,000 gil for a room. Yeah. Yeah. So already I've got enough for a private room no, in but, the, okay, the guild Okay, so house. equipment is not where your money goes in this game. No, because uh, most of the equipment you get at Endgame is gotten through sort of Endgame drops. currency okay, or good. drops. Good, so. good, good, good. Um, so you use it for... Vanity, then, and these well, houses. I, and think, repairs? I think materia, materia is quite a good. Yeah, I materia. Um, but also leveling and just maintaining craft skills and stuff like that. That can take quite a bit of money. I um. Yeah, but what's yeah, the I point mean, of a craft skill if it costs you more money than you make? Well, and that's that's a, well that, that that's another. Dis- I mean, yes, that that's a good discussion. I mean. And that's up to the player. Um, some people like being able to make their own armor and furniture and crud like that. I, I did some research on it. And if you've got some friends who are willing to help you on the guild or something with materia junctioning or whatever the heck it's called and a couple Easy. of other things, then, yeah. The only thing I I personally, Chris, the way I approach most MMOs and this way I'm approaching this one is I like having gill in my back pocket. I just sell everything I find. I gather you know, here and there and sell all that to feed the people who are crafting. And then when I need something, if I need potions or food or you know whatever, I go and buy it, period. I'm not spending a lot of time farting around with the crafting classes. So there are potions and stuff you need then. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, I also that. use right. money. Because I don't I also, use those at my level. <laughs> right, and, and at the low, I mean, I'm in the mid-levels right now at 28, but if I, if I need a new piece of armor or whatever, I go and I buy it off the auction house. And yes, some of those can be a little expensive because I don't craft and I, you know, you don't find everything you need in a dungeon. So, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. the way that crafting pays itself back in Final Fantasy XIV is one... There aren't that many people that are committed to getting a craft to a very high level. Yeah. So that well, yeah, but it seems like that's a self fulfilling. Like, if there's no reason to, of course, no one is. No. I'm saying that you make good money off of it because you have very little competition. Okay. Right. There is more did- demand than supply of high level crafters. Number mm-hmm. two, even though you are spending money to level up your crafting and may not be making it back straight off the crafting as you are making stuff for yourself you are saving a lot of money yeah uh, and they, it adds up def- quickly uh, if you're making yourself armor and accessories 
Because, I mean, I craft on my 14 character, and there's very little that I buy off the auction house. And if I do, it's something like a $2,000 item so that I can save myself making a $20,000 piece of equipment. You catch what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the general consensus is that if you just gather and sell like Phil does, it gets you good profit, uh, you know, steady profit in the short term through the game. But if you craft, uh, you're not going to make hardly any profit until the end where you get to that high end where, yeah, you can totally bank like Anna was saying because there's not enough there are people that are that dedicated. So you can make some really killer money, um, which at that point, I guess you're turning around and buying houses or you're buying other high end stuff on the professions you didn't level up or whatever. I just like being able to go to an auction house and buy whatever the hell I want without worrying, do I have enough pocket change for it? I, I just, I don't like that. So I sell everything. And I'm saving up for Shirley's house because we're going to get a house together. And the Grandia or whatever it's Grand, what is it called? Gra- Grand- Grandania. Yeah, in the foresty area. It's very pretty. Game's very pretty. You should play it, Chris. It's pretty. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm in the middle of resubscribing right now. Maybe. <laughs> hey, resub me too. Oh, okay. I'll get right on it. Um, should we actually start? That's all you're playing, right? Or do you have yeah, more? Oh, filled? yeah, no, 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 oh, no. By gosh. all means, I've taken up way too much oh. time already. It's starting to feel like the RPG backtrack. Well, I want to know about you've got Final Fantasy V listed here. Are you doing Four Job Fiesta? No, no, that's, um, uh, no, actually, I just started playing five uh, as part of my workout regime a, a few months ago. Okay, it was one of those, work? It was one, one of those games I had uh, skipped out on, and, and, and it's because I'm like, wow, this is really fun. It's an old school game I missed out on that I decided to start doing the, the RPG Trek challenge of playing, you know, those old series again. Or what is the, the RPG time. Treks challenge? Is that like you play the games while riding a Trek bicycle? Yeah, pretty much. No, um, that, <laughs> that's where my, my brother, my brother, who's also been getting back into old school RPGs, we've kind of challenged ourselves to play through. We're starting with the Dragon Warrior series. and We're going to play it through, you know, completely from beginning to end. It's like your challenge. There's no rules that are set in stone. If we get a game that's really horrible, we might quit halfway through or whatnot. But we're going to give it the college try and try to be, you know, each game. He's cheating uh, with the gold cheats or whatever have you, whereas I'm trying to take it more natural. Um, but we're both resorting to epic. Yeah, it's rules set in mud. Uh, and I'm journaling about that experience on the forums and the such. So oh. that's the RPG track. But that got inspired because I was playing five. I was like, dang, this is really a good game. It was a game that I never got around to. So um, but how that works out is uh, when I go to the exercise facility, I get on the treadmill. I keep it to a walking speed, usually around two and a half miles an hour or so. And then I stick the incline really high. So I keep my heart rate, you know, above 140 and really sweat a metric ton. I'm getting good exercise, but I'm not running. So I'm able to keep a steady pace and hold my Game Boy in my or my DS in my hand while I'm playing. See, I don't understand how you can hold that while walking and play without making yourself sick to your stomach. I don't get uh, seasick from that. I get seasick from being a passenger in a car because I'm so used to driving. But seasick from that, nah. It's and, and it's the peripheral vision because... My peripheral knows, okay, the display for the exercise equipment should be right here. My peripherals, the side, you know, handlebar should be right here. So peripherally, I can, you know, if I'm walking a little crooked or something like that, you know, I pick up on that, make a, you know, adjust pretty quick. I really haven't even come close to having some sort of weird accent, but I couldn't like bump it up to three and a half miles an hour and do that. No. So it's the ramp that gets my, gets me up. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I'm like one of those people, you, know, you ever seen those people who read and walk at the same time and they run into light poles and stuff? That, that's really funny. Yeah, but no, no, I do pretty good. Well, you see people do it on like their cell phones and stuff or they're reading a book while they're walking. But uh, as I was mentioning to Anna before, it's weird how there's this social stigma. If, if you're on a walking machine or you're in a restaurant and you're playing on your iPhone, well, that's okay. I mean, for all the person knows you're on Facebook or you're texting or you're playing Angry Birds, that's socially acceptable. But if you bust out a DS... You know, and it has like a little controller pad or something. People start giving you a look like, really? Isn't that a five-year-old toy? What, what are you doing there? And you're like, yeah, does, it's none of your business. <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop judging me, you know. But if you're playing Angry Birds, that's okay. If you're playing Final Fantasy V, you're a kid. I mean, it's a, how it's a many weird times have we gotten weird looks going to Chili's with our iPads or 3DSs? I, I don't know. But if you're sitting there playing Angry Birds on your I'm phone, I'm too busy that's, playing that's okay. my thing. I don't notice what people are looking at. <laughs> Probably best for you. Mm. Okay. We did one of those management training classes where we all, one of the things we do is tell us what our hobbies are and people are talking about. They play this musical instrument or they talk to this astronaut or, you know, an interesting fact about yourself. I mentioned, yeah, I've, been, I've got a collection of 30 years of computer and console RPGs and I, I do a podcast on it. And yeah. I might as well have just said asparagus comes out every time I sit on the toilet um, because it was. Oh, you know, that would be cheers. useful. Yeah. Asp- I mean, you crap it, asparagus. I mean, you just, man. That would be revolting. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is excited by this prospect. No, well, all right. I'm creeped out by the fact that Chris is excited. Mm-hmm. I'm not excited. This is and uh, gone uh, out Chris of way has new expectations for your relationship. Yeah. <laughs> but think of all the money you'd save. No. You could you could start your own farmers market right there in your house. Are we going to the farmers market today? Um. No, we've missed it. Oh. We had to go this morning. You were too busy sleeping. Mm. Mm. Okay. Boy, that sounds like a familiar story. He slept in until two yesterday. I did. So there we go. Everything's everything's sorted, right? No. Is okay. it time for the news? It is time for the news. You need to log into your account because I don't know how to. Um. Yeah, you do. You're the one that set the password. Nope. Uh, I'll message you some details. Yeah, because it ain't working. Oh, you probably forgot the username. Uh, no, I tried that username too. So you need to log in yourself. See if you can get in, because I can't. All right, so let's see. Yeah, I, I know. That's the one I tried. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, we should get into feedback first, actually. So feedback! We've got some letters from uh, last week that we missed, so let's hit on those. Chris, I'm sorry to hear about your home burglary. I was a robbery victim myself once, so I know how, how you're feeling. I'm just a little surprised at how long the debate over what kind of security system a get went. Other than the AT, ADT and Brinks, are there really any other established options? Yes. For your information, I use ADT. So. Yes. Um, it turns out there's like three different local options that are like unique to the Midwest. Oh. There's I'm one that's even unique you know to, Madi- uh, to Wisconsin. And we need Madison to sign up for one of those, Anna. Yeah. Uh, here's here's my here's my my hard thing about because I, I really thought hard about getting a security system out here, but all of them want to si- want you to sign up for a monthly monitoring fee or whatever have you. Oh, I yeah. just want the piece of equipment that makes loud noise because if a burglar breaks in, it's not going to matter that they call the police. 
the burger is either going to run away because of loud noise right away or he's going to take what he can in, you know, three and a half minutes and run. The police showing up, if if he's still there, he's going to get arrested. That that hardly never happens. The loud well, noise our burger usually drives there away. for more than three and a half minutes. Yeah, but if they, I mean the loud noise by itself would probably drive them away. Why do you need to pay a $40 monitoring fee a month for them to call the police who's going to take, you know, five or ten minutes to get out there? And by that time, the loud noise is way driven them away. So did you just I buy mean, a loud noisemaker? I can't find one. It's I think I think I think it's like a conspiracy or something like the diamond, you know, yeah. the whole diamond uh, black market thing or whatever. Yeah. I, mean, I think that the the industries have control on this because this is a free way for them to make money. They sit there and wait for your alarm to go off. They press a button so it goes to the police station. They probably got one guy who handles three thousand people who are paying four thousand forty dollars a month. It's 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 a rip off. Well, and be ultimately, a lot of money. <laughs> He just hits a button. He just – why? Why? Yeah, it just – I don't see why I got to pay 40 bucks a month. I just want the noisemaker. Seriously, the, the, the burglar has no idea whether or not the police are being called. He's either so crazy that he's going to sit there and rob what he can in a few minutes before he leaves or he's at least got enough sense to go, oh, loud noise. They're probably calling the police department. I'm running away. But then if yeah. we all stop calling the police department, he'll know that we're not calling the police department and then he won't run away. Uh, well, it's like the car alarms. Maybe the loud noise will make them run away. No, well, yeah, because you know we haven't been desensitized to car alarms or anything. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't see why I'm paying forty dollars for some guy to sit there to press a button once every eight years. Is what I think. Yeah, ten dollars. Oh yeah, that would, I would do that. that forty dollars is just way too expensive. I think you're right. Um. Oh, and not only that, they make you sign uh, contracts for a number of years too. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah, by the time you're done, you've paid like thousands and after of that, dollars. Yeah, thousands of dollars for this piece of electronics that cost them a hundred bucks. And, and and what is funny is once the contract is over, you can cut the service, and it will still make loud noise and pretty much serve that purpose. Yep. And, and I have a number of friends who've done that. It's yep. just well, I don't want to pay twelve thousand, you know, twelve hundred dollars to get to that point. Mm-hmm. You're right. Blood suckers. <laughs> uh, let's see. Number two. Will you guys ever do an episode on roguelikes? The proud, noble, and highly underappreciated ancient branch of the RPG family tree. I'm talking about games such as NetHack, Dungeon Crawl, Stone Soup, Tales of Magiol, Ancient Domains of Mystery, Brogue, Angband, or Angband, Infra Arcana, Aliens RL, etc. For your information, I personally don't consider titles such as The Binding of Isaac, Pixel Dungeon, Diablo, Faster and Light, etc. to be true roguelikes. Well, I, I don't know how you'd be a true roguelike, um, because isn't the fact that it's like mean that it isn't truly a rogue? I don't know, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, Agbond is a roguelike. <laughs> um, Brogue, I, mean, I played Brogue, um, because Sava Musin on my other podcast, uh, Geekly Weekly, which happens very occasionally, um, has uh, recommended it. So I tried that out. That's really good, um, especially if you want that net hacky style of roguelike experience i i noticed rogue is not on his list of roguelikes which i think is weird don't you <laughs> that's yeah, weird that's um, funny but whatever <laughs> the uh let's see i think i think that would be more of an rpg backtrack i think so question. too i was about to say john yeah phil why don't you do it uh, and the answer to that is if enough staff staff members are, are interested, uh, RPG Backtrack is pretty much driven by the staff members when they, you know, when they raise their hand to Mike Meeky and say, wow, I really want to talk about this series. I want to talk about that series. Uh, Mike uh, gets it posted up on there. I'll mention it uh, to him the next time I, I talk to him. I personally have played a couple of those games. Um, it would be a shame just to limit it to the the older games, though. I mean, I played Ogbon. Well, some of those aren't that old. 
Right. Well, the ones that he mentions on his list, let me see. I know I played Ogbond and Zogbond. Where's like um, um, Dungeons of Dreadmore and stuff like that, or Pokemon Mystery Dungeon? Well, he's saying that he doesn't consider the later ones real roguelikes, like Binding of Isaac and the such. Yeah. Mystery um, Dungeon is a roguelite. <laughs> is it a roguelite? That's well, true. See, That's but true. you guys talk long enough that you could have the roguelike section, the rogue section, the roguelite section, the roguelite like section. I mean, you got all. You but the do problem this. is, Mike would want to wrap that all up into one eight-hour podcast. So. Right. I'm not sure I want to go there. Um, <laughs> Why not? That's what you're into, I thought. <laughs> that's, what we, that's what we do, eight-hour podcast. So I, I don't know. I'll bring it up because I, I personally do have a, a warm, fuzzy spot in my heart for rogue and rogue likes. But the funny thing is I don't have the uh, cojones to actually get through them. <laughs> yeah. So everyone, let's go around the rogue likes or rogue lights that you actually like. I'm going to say FTL and Dungeons of Dreadmore. Are the two that come, and I guess Binding of Isaac, but he doesn't count that. So those are the three I'm going to throw out there. What do you think, John, uh, Phil, somebody? Uh, those three you mentioned are, are very good, especially uh, FTL. It's just I have put so much time into that. It's just a great, great, great. Um, but I've also played the older ones. And I, out of the older ones, uh, playing Rogue again, NetHack, uh, those were a little too old school for me. I played Zogbond, um, which is Zogbond with some additional it's actually got kind of like an overworld and everything as well instead of just being one dungeon that you're do- delving uh, into one random dungeon try out uh, brogue it basically brings a bunch of ui features to rogue so ah uh, uh, and that's what and, and that's what i was say zogmon has a ui feature the element that enhanced the experience yeah, for me at yeah. least brought it up to 1982 <laughs> uh, <laughs> and i i it's got a lot of classes and everything so it really it was really fun i put some some good time into that one john do you have any roguelikes you like um, I think he discounted my road lights. I like stuff like FTL and well, FTL probably, but <laughs> FTL and FTL, got it. Comprehensive list. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, not a big, not a big roguelike person, but no, no. FTL definitely. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, risk, uh, gonna... actually, Risk of Rain's very good. If Ooh, that it is, but I find it too difficult for me. I I don't make progress in that game. Mm. But its music is so good. I use my muse one. I use one of the pieces of music as an alarm clock. Oh, that's a good thing. Anna, do you play any roguelikes? Yeah, uh, yeah, Mystery Dungeon. Yeah, that's a rogue light, 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 yeah. like. Right. Do you like it, Anna? I do. Like, I've played all of the Pokemon they Mystery Dungeon games and Chocobo Mystery Dungeon. I actually wrote like a really big guide for Chocobo's Mysterious Dungeon for a gamer. Did you post it on GameFAQs? No. Well, then no one's ever going to see it. No one's ever going to see it now. I know. (laughs) Um, Okay. And then, uh, Alex, any roguelikes from you? Uh, No, I've zoned out of this bit of conversation. No, he's like, no, screw roguelikes. Well, I think think the most roguelike thing I've played is Azure Dreams. Hey, no, that that's a roguelike. If that yeah. counts, yeah, okay, that counts. It okay. does. I think so. And um, time stuff. That's the only one. I think it's called. <laughs> Maybe not. That's not the same thing. But yeah, uh, Azure Dreams is definitely a roguelike or one of the not true roguelikes. But yeah, it's it's in this conversation for sure. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that game. That that but I put some hours in that one too. That's a cute one. Yep. People like that. Um, I tried to get into it, and I'm like, oh. Uh, I didn't know it was a roguelike when I bought it. So it's like everyone's talking about Azure Dreams and they get, oh no, it's one of these. No. 
It, it's one of those acquired tastings. It is it is a barrier to entry type of thing. I, I, uh, I'm much more receptive to it now than when I last tried to play it. Uh, so I should dig it up and see. Um, let's. Uh, what else we got? Oh, um, hey RP game. Oh, that was uh, that letter was from Brent. Thanks, Brent. Um, hey RP gamers, I just wanted to respond to your question of the week. Are JRPGs dead? I just have to say that I disagree with a lot of the commentary regarding no JRPGs. JRPGs were dead. No PSV. Vita titles, etc. It just seemed a bit myopic, in my opinion. Being a big JRPG fan, as I listened to the show, I was getting bit riled up since the PS3 and PS Vita are overflowing with JRPGs right now. And I mean, Anna spent a good 10 to 15 minutes talking about Conception 2, for crying out loud. Anna, would you consider Conception 2 to be a traditional JRPG? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't yep. really like what... <laughs> I really think that you should have clarified that JRPGs are still dead for people who still don't like JRPGs. I don't... What? Okay. I agree with that statement. Okay. But for the rest of us, Tales of Exilia 2, Tales of Heart R are two JRPGs that I cannot wait for. Okay. They're not turn-based combat, but I'll give them to you. Tales of Zesteria is coming out next year. He's now His argument has started with three Tales of games, which I think illustrates the I'm issue sorry. here. Why aren't those JRPGs? They are JRPGs. Here's the problem. The Tales of is like one of the only JRPG series left. That's the problem. The problem is, like, um, three of your examples are all from the same series. We need more series, more games. I think you'll address that in a minute. All right, so let's get on. <laughs> well, and, and they're also action. They're not really, like, turn-based. Yeah, and so maybe I'm we sorry. should qualify by I, saying turn I don't consider them a traditional JRPG, but let's let, they are reject, Japanese and I they are RPGs. your premise of traditional JRPG. Um, yeah, because, you know, Final Fantasy had a big action combat system. I reject and Dragon Warrior was JRPGs. big on that, wasn't it? You remember that, Phil? How Dragon yeah. Warrior was all action based? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think I think there is a a, a void there, and you can see it uh, through how bravely Default was received. And everyone's like, "Oh, finally, a yeah. traditional not only Final Fantasy experience, but just a traditional turn based, you know, JRPG experience." I, I yeah, I, I mean, back. I wouldn't say JRPGs are dead overall. But it, it is harder and harder to find fresh, new, traditional turn-based combat, party-based combat, whatever, JRPGs. Well, isn't that a bit contradictory if you're fresh and traditional? Yeah, I thought so, too. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to call him on it. But no, bravely right. default. Fresh and traditional. Ah. Uh. <laughs> fresh and traditional. No, I don't know. Bravely default has its issues. but Yeah, I, I think the problem is is that we may be having two concurrent discussions. And yeah, of course we are. It's a messy issue, Anna. So JRPGs as a whole are not dead. And I think we can all agree upon that. No, let's finish the letter and see if we agree. Okay. Um, Tales of Assyria is coming out next year and probably the biggest one that wasn't at E3. Persona 5 is coming to PS3 sometime in late 2015, we assume. I'm actually going to break down and pay $250 for a Wii U next year just to play Xenoblade Chronicles X and the Zelda titles. Well, the Zelda titles don't count, but Xenoblade Chronicles X, definitely. Um, they may not all be a AAA games, but the, here's a list of JRPGs I'm interested in buying or playing that are coming out, have come out this year, or are coming out in the next year or later. Number one, Tales of Exilia 2, coming out PS3 2014. Tales of Zestaria, uh, Bando Namca, uh, PS3 2015. Sword Art Online Hollow Fragment, PS Vita 2014. Fairy Fencer F, PS3 2014. Dragon Guard 3, PS3 out now. Deception 4, Blood Ties, PS Vita, PS3 out now. Is that a it's no, not an RPG. 4? That's not an RPG. No, no. I didn't think so. <laughs> Demon Gaze, PS Vita out now. Um, Sorcery Saga, Curse of the Great Curry God, Axis, PS Vita, out now. Mind Zero, Axis, PS Vita, out now. Oh, I want to play that. F- 
Freedom Wars, PS Vita 2014. Natural Doctrine. By the way, everybody, that strategy game from NIS America that I had trouble remembering the name of on the E3 podcast two weeks ago, Natural Doctrine. That's the name of it. Natural Doctrine, NIS America, strategy RPG, evokes some feelings of Valkyria Chronicles, PS3, PS Vita, PS4, 2014. Um, yeah, so there's a list. So I, I guess 10 games are supposed to tie this out over two, two, you know, two years, which... In a way, it's like we're returning to the RPG market of old, aren't we? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, and a lot of... there's quite a few that he's missed off. But... Oh, okay. <laughs> but a lot of that more action-y, you know, homogenized approach. I mean, Deception and Deception 4 is more of a almost a strategy. And you're laying out traps to yeah. knock out the bad guys. Yeah, like, you're not... He didn't mention Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega what? Pokemon. Oh, yeah. I guess those count. Um, Gotta catch them all. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's see. I, I'm just, I'm looking for that good old JRPG experience here, and Tales of looks like the, what there is. So can I finish list. my Yeah, point? go ahead. I think we're having two concurrent conversations because the JRPG is not dead. The problem is, is that everybody has their own definition of what the traditional yeah. JRPG is. I want an RPG where I can grind up levels and have big, long story cut scenes and things blow up and somebody has to summon their inner power to overcome adversity. Okay. All right? That, so that... The Tales Congratulations, of counts for that. you just described Final Fantasy thirteen. I know. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> that doesn't count as a traditional JRPG. Why not? Um, have you played it? <laughs> um, it's not. Wait, I mean, yes, a... I did. I got to like a really big field and then I quit. Yeah. <laughs> you got to the part where everyone says it gets good and you gave up on it. I didn't give up on it. I just started playing other things. You take a look at, uh, you know, we're playing these old uh, JRPGs in our thing and, and you, you, you know, you, you, you feel these RPGs from the NES, the SNES and the PlayStation 1 era. The, and they're mostly turn-based combat you know, like Chris said, with cutscenes and and the whole nine yards. But then you get to like to PlayStation Two, and we got a glut of them. But we started seeing this transition to more of an uh, of an actions. You started getting yeah. more and more action RPGs. By the time you got to the PlayStation Three, and then up through today, at least on, especially on the console market, it's like you said, it's the Tales of Zelia. A lot of the games on the list that are mentioned here are more are, are definitely more actiony. I'm not going to say they're not JRPGs because I mean that's really depends on what you think exactly a JRPG is. But it, it definitely I wouldn't say they're dying as much as the landscape has just changed so much. And that's why, you know, when Bravely Default goes back to form or one of those old games, you know, come out that are really that core experience that we're used to having from those earlier generations. We're all like, yeah, Bravely Default definitely had some very serious issues. We talked about that in the uh, Battle Royale. But yet <laughs> we were all chomping at the bit and salivating and and pushed through it despite those issues yeah. because it had been so long since we had a, 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 a you know, a traditional JRPG that was – you know, true to form that's come out recently. I, I, I just, I think that just how people responded to Bravely Default illustrates that there is a lack here, that things are not as they used to be and not where they should be as far as a, enough JRPGs to satisfy the demand that there is. And if there were, then J I think Bravely Default would have been received more poorly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there is some pickup. argument. There is some pickup in the indie market on that, especially if you like J um, RPG Maker 
type of games. <laughs> yeah, so I, well, I've been wondering if I should get into that. I'm a little hesitant because I don't want to invest a bunch of hours in something that's poorly written. But you know, if it's what's out there and it's the direction we got to go, then I guess we got to go a, that way. I bought a couple on Steam sale during that big, yeah, that big Steam sale a couple of weeks ago, and they were like two bucks, normally ten or fifteen or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they had good ratings from the you know a lot of thumbs up from people in, in the such. So I did a little bit of research, so I'm gonna try to give a couple of spin. No, I haven't actually started. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, but, let uh, us know. I'll have to let you know. But they, they did have a lot of thumbs up reviews. So okay. well, that's good. All right, uh, let's finish this letter out. I'm sure there are more than the list he gave earlier, but it seems like the PS3 or PS Vita is getting a new JRPG every other week nowadays. I, is, hmm. All right, sure, JRPGs aren't ever going to be mainstream, as popular as they once were, or maybe even as popular as Western RPGs, but there's still plenty of great JRPGs for fans to look forward to. This year's E3 aside, and speaking of popularity of JRPGs in general, look at Nino Kuni. That game was popular even for people who didn't like RPGs. I think there's a market for JRPGs, but a lot of the demand is pent up, and once there's a title worthy, I think it brings people out of the woodwork. Unfortunately, Nino Kuni had flaws, but it did get people excited, and I'm optimistic that we'll see more Nino Kuni-like games that are improved upon. Anyway, love the show as always and play more JRPGs, Jason. So my issue with that statement, and thank you, Jason. I love when you write in. Um, you, you, you do a very good job of presenting yourself, Jason. Thank you. Um, the the Nino Kuni thing, I think, was more appealing to people because of the presentation of the game, necessarily, than the fact that it was an RPG. But, um, yeah, that, that definitely did get a response from people. I want well, beautiful-looking he- story. Oh, man. Well, he makes two different points here. He says that there, there's a lot of JRPGs coming out. It's it's not going down at all, and we have pent up demand. Well, why do we have pent up demand if we oh. have a good JR, you know, traditional JRPG or whatever coming out every other week? It's because well, we he, don't uh, have. Wait, what, it, Alex, what are you saying? He didn't say traditional JRPG. So there's, yeah, there's that's a right. definitional difference that you're using and he's using here. Okay, right, well, right. so let's but take saying, that out of it, Alex. Well, he says there's there's JRPGs coming out every other week, but there's a lot of demand is pent up. He doesn't say traditional RPG either. And so, he, he, again, he's saying that there's lots of JRPGs, but there's pent up demand. Well, so, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's more that those JRPGs perhaps aren't catering to what the demand is. Yeah, yeah, and And that's that's, that's, I think I think that's my Phil and my's argument is that mm -hmm. the the JRPGs we're getting is not catering to the demand that is out there. Right. I'll just leave it at that, and I'll say there are plenty of games. You're right. There are plenty of Japanese developed role playing games. Well, plenty. I don't want to say plenty because I think there could be more. But there are a lot of uh, Japanese developed role playing games, but not necessarily. You know, giving people what they want. And one of our stories today is that one of those JRPGs that would have been is getting delayed till 2015. Oh my gosh. All right, so let's get into the news so we can talk about that. So, first. Thank you for all of your feedback. Yes. If you want to leave feedback for the show, podcast at rpgamer.com. Um, 608-729-4098 is the phone number and of course you can post a message in the message boards at board.rpgamer.com. Find the podcast forum. Just search for RPG Cast. You'll find us and leave a post there. All right, so oh, that's the Square Enix account page. Here we go. So, first story I'd like to point out, we mentioned Games Done Quick last week, the Summer Games Done Quick. They raised over $700,000 for Doctors Without Borders. It was amazing. They just kept getting more and more money. Whoa, 700000 Yes. Jesus. 
Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> they're they're going mainstream real quick here. I think they're going to turn into like the next packs as far as a convention goes because you can actually go to this thing and get badges and stuff. So I think this thing's going to blow up um, as Games Done Quick continues. Um, in addition, we have they had a Humble Bundle in there that was getting thousands of dollars, even though Humble didn't put it on their main page. Um, it, <laughs> that was 82000 at least. It's it's ridiculous. And um, yeah, so that 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 happened oh that's right the uh, metroid save or kill the animals um vote itself got six figures <laughs> which is um um uh, incredible <laughs> that was just people donating kill the animals or save the animals at the end of metroid uh super metroid and um yeah that that got a lot of money people are crazy all right go watch the vods they're up on a uh, ag agdq uploads on youtube you can go watch all the vods of that thing um yeah all right pure solar hd has been delayed due to uh certification stuff um okay so just so you know if you were waiting for pure solar hd it's been delayed due to certification problems with um well they they failed at microsoft and so they're going to delay the submission for the other two platforms you know to help make sure they don't get another failed certification because that stinks when you fail certification so pure, um, pure solar <laughs> hd you have to wait insider a little. politics yeah most people fail a lot check the first time yeah oh, okay especially at nintendo well this was microsoft so i know All so right. i'm i actually think it was a good decision for him to hold it back if he failed at microsoft yeah so, I don't know, well, that'll come out later. Sorry. Uh, Final Fantasy, a new Final Fantasy game was announced. Everybody excited? We... No. no, because we already know what it is. Yeah, Final Fantasy, Artnix Dive, agree. Social, mobile, free-to-play mobile role-playing game. Uh, so it's coming out later this summer in Android and iOS. It resembles the older 2D Final Fantasy titles. Okay. You'll roam large open maps searching for materials, explore dungeons, and fight monsters in turn-based battles. That seems good, right? Sounds good to me. So the game will feature a new original cast of characters that can specialize in any of the franchise's classic job classes, weapon crafting, 100 monsters that you can summon, um, in-game collectible card sets featuring characters from other Final Fantasy games, but it's free to play, and we know that's just going to ruin it and make it feel terrible. But at least Square Enix will not be charging you $15.99 to play it on your iPhone. Right? Unless that's the um, unlock purchases. So I'm looking at pictures of this, and it's got like... Man, I don't like the art style. Well, actually, no. I say I take that back. I like the monster art style, but not the character art style. Um, but it looks like a traditional turn-based side, you know, side view battle. That's good. This could be okay. Maybe. Sort of. All right. Well, we'll have to see when it comes out. But that's announced. I don't know when it's coming to the U.S. It pro- might take a little while to localize. Does anybody know if it's announced for the U.S. yet? It says no word. No on word article. on it. Yeah, no word on that. Yeah. Although, uh, uh, interestingly, just as a side note in news this week, um, it related to free-to-play games, uh, EA, uh, there, was a, there was a court ruling in Europe um, where EA is no longer allowed to call dungeon, the Dungeon Keeper uh, for iOS and Android free. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I think that should be like a thing for all of these crappy free-to-plays. Like, if this game is really essentially impossible to play without spending money, you can't say this, that it's free-to-play. Oh, thank you, Well, Europe. we already know that Europe is generally better than the US when it comes to consumer rights. So. Well, well, there's some time overbearingly so, but yeah, it's it's awesome. 
uh, thank you for calling out EA on that game. Uh, too bad, you know, they've already basically let the entire studio that made it go, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> that feedback has been heard by EA. Um, let's see, Freedom Wars. Freedom Wars, uh, there's a trailer. It's a monster battle story game. All right, Anna, do you know? Do you understand Freedom Wars? Um, it's, it's a Vita kind of game. Do. I do. Oh, okay, I do. okay, okay. Um, Alex, go for it. It's it's sort of one of the monster hunter style ones, but I think it's more in the vein of God God Eater. So sort of probably a more fo- more focus on story stuff like that. It's interesting. Uh, it's oh, got some oh. of the developers that worked on God God Eater Burst. I know that much. So yeah, I thought sort of a couple of the ele- like the design elements looked distinctly similar. So, uh, what is whom is making it? It's I think it's. It's partly Sony in-house and partly Shift, which oh, I think okay. is I think is um, connected to Namco. But they but they did some development on God Eater, so I think a lot of that shone through here. Okay, so that's the all right. And should we be excited for this thing, or if you like Monster Hunter games? Well, it's interesting because there's a few sites that I've been reading and people who have been tweeting about it that basically say that it's not popular in Japan right now because people are buying it and trying to play it like a Monster Hunter game. But it isn't a Monster Hunter game. The problem is, is I I don't play Monster Hunter, so I don't know what that commentary means. It's sort of like the opposite to me because I there's a few Monster Hunter style games like uh, Tukiden and Gotti's Burst, which I really like, but I really hate Monster Hunter itself. <laughs> there's, there, there's some sort of, there's some feelings in how it's just how it's presented, how you go through it, and the battle systems can be quite different in just in terms of how easy it is for the player to use. So we'll see. I'm excited. <laughs> Okay. It's got a weird-looking story where everybody's convicted just for living or something, and they have to serve a million-year sentence, which makes no sense, but whatever. Yeah. Oh, I've, se- I've seen some sort of funny tweets from sort of someone in Japan I follow where you can basically get years added onto a sentence for ridiculous things like sleeping on the floor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, have, we'll add like 10 years to your sentence. Because <laughs> that matters when you're at a million years. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, that yeah, that's Freedom Wars. That's coming here. Um, when? Later this year. That's all we know. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Binding of Isaac. They've got a little press release out this week saying, hey, it's over three times the size of the original. Yep, it's big. And uh, Binding of Isaac Rebirth, of course, is what we're talking about. Yeah, and uh, that's coming still later this year. And... Natural Doctrine. This is the game I mentioned earlier that was the strategy RPG for, that I saw at E3 that I could never remember the name of. Um, it's coming to North America on September 16th for PS4, PS3, and Vita. Um, it'll arrive in Europe on the on the 19th of September. Pre-orders have opened up on, this online, on the official NIS store. It's uh, 60 bucks on PS4, 50 bucks on PS3, 40 bucks on Vita, and there are limited editions available... Um, if you tack on 20 bucks to each of those prices, you could get the limited edition, which gets you an art book, a poster, and an explorer's bag. Yeah, I don't know about doing that, but yeah. Um, that, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's Katakawa 
Kadokawa Game Studio. They are the people who published uh, Lollipop Chainsaw in Japan. And, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. This Kadokawa is making this game, so not just publishing it. So, yeah. And, of course, NIS America here and in Europe. So, there you go. Uh, anyone excited for Natural Doctrine now that we actually know what it's called and you can look up screenshots of this thing? Hmm. No? Okay. Um, no? I'm interested. I'm not sure how interested. Watch some video of it. It it looks really hard. So it's a you know it's a turn-based strategy RPG. It looks really really difficult. Um, and they were playing on the easiest difficulty in the in the demo I saw, and they were dying. So this could be it could just be really poorly balanced, or it could be a heavily challenging game where they're going for that that segment of gamers who really want a hard game. Um, it is a strategy RPG. Uh, I don't know if it'll, it will, you know, it's not as beautiful as Valkyria Chronicles, but it's kind of that 3D strategy RPG map thing going on, which might fit, you know, fit the vibe that some people might be missing since we don't seem to get any more of those games. And, uh, yeah, I, I recommend you, you keep an eye on it. I don't, I don't get the feeling that this is going to be a hit. I don't get the feeling that this is going to, to tank. I get the feeling that we should be watching this one. So I recommend you do. Um, so, yeah. Pokemon. Who cares about Pokemon right now? You all should, because the Pokemon uh, video game championships and TCG championships are streaming right now on twitch.tv slash Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> no surprise. Chat is disabled. Yeah, chat is disabled on that channel. <laughs> Apparently they don't watch Twitch <laughs> chat. What Smart a people. Yeah. Uh, uh, additionally, there's a new Pokemon channel on iTunes. Po- iTunes.com slash Pokemon. It features official Pokemon content, including episodes of the TV show, Pokemon-related apps, and a listing of soundtracks from the games. So you can go there right now, iTunes.com slash Pokemon. And it'll actually open up uh, iTunes, and you can buy all that stuff. And uh, yeah, so if you if you've been dying to get all that Pokemon stuff in one place, they uh, they've taken care of that for you. Yeah. No. All right. So here's a weird one. Atlas has announced that Persona 4 Arena's Ultimax DLC will be free for its first week. This is where you get to download uh, Toru Odachi into the game. And the thing that's weird about it is that the game isn't out to like. Uh, this fall we don't even have a date in america and they're announcing this now it's like okay shouldn't you announce this when we actually know when it's coming so we can mark on our calendars hey i need to download this dlc or are they trying to get you to pre-order they're trying to i get think pre-order. pre-order yeah that's <laughs> what it is all right mm. Darn. uh here's some sad news for heroes uh legend of heroes trails in the sky fans been waiting for that second chapter it's being delayed um, nobody wants that game release ASAP more than us, says Xseed, but I'm afraid it's a bit delayed and probably the end of the year is the best we can hope for. So it may not even make the end of 2014. Um, it was going to come out earlier this year, um, earlier in 2014 than the end of the year, and now we don't know when it's going to be coming out. Um, it will be out on the PC via Steam and the PSP through the PlayStation Store, of course, and uh, you can play the PSP version on the Vita. And... I was like going by the quotes from Tom that we posted on the website. It's they are ridiculously perfectionist to exceed. Yeah, I think they were saying that they uh, they felt that the Trails One localization was rushed. Uh, hmm. Which is not what I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, there's the end of the soccer game. Um, let's see. So 
you can if you've been waiting for a chance to play Trails in the Sky and you don't want to dig out an old PSP or say your PSP Go was stolen in a recent burglary, <coughs> um, you'll be able to play the first Trails in the Sky game uh, this winter on PC. So, yeah. So I guess both games will be out on the PC. So that's good. Yeah. And that's it. So Trails in the Sky. Let's see. Oh, here's one. Somebody who understands Japanese might be able to have to fill me in on this. But there, on yesterday, July 4th, there was a Nintendo Direct focusing on the ghost-taming RPG Yokoi, Yokai Watch 2. Ooh, that's uh, a manga or an anime. I don't know what it is, but it has a lot of toy uh, tie-ins where you're supposed to go to the store and buy these yokais and plug it into your watch or something, your your game or something like that. Yes, it is the ridiculously huge franchise in Japan at the moment. Yeah, it, you, <laughs> so much to buy, and like they sell out all the time. It's like Pokemon was in the '90s, where you can never find the stuff. Yeah, so that's what they're going through in Japan right now. No word of any localization of the Yokai Watch games in um in America. If you're wondering, this is a game where you see ghosts and you have to help them out and stuff like that. I think right, and there's a battle system and catching and stuff you can buy to get into your game somehow i don't know or is there an actual watch i don't i don't i don't really get it i know there's stuff to buy and you want to buy it all and you can't get it all because it sells out that's all i know so yokai watch and they've got a nintendo direct up for the second one and i don't even know why i let you know other than if you care about that stuff coming out here the fact that there's a second one and a longer series means we might eventually get it maybe yeah or, you know, maybe that Europe will get it first, because that's how it works, because Nintendo of Europe actually cares about people. Well, it's level five, and you have level five America, don't you? So. Yeah. Have they put out anything? I thought they closed that down already. Did they? I thought oh, level but... five America got closed down. <laughs> like, <sighs> Remember, this, Nintendo of Europe is the one that's already allowing cross-buy between Wii and 3DS, and Nintendo of America says, we're not capable of that at this time. It's like, give me a break, guys. You just don't care. You don't care about the gamers. Tales of Heart R is coming to North America in November. Uh, That'll be on Vita. It's a remake of Tales of Heart from 2008. Is Tales of Heart any good? Uh, Never played it. Never played it. What about you, Alex? I I haven't played it. I think Will says the DS version is good and the Vita version is less so. Oh, but this okay. Is, but this is Wales, and he's quite special. Do we get the DS version in the US? Nope. No. So we only get the Vita version. Hmm. Okay. So there you go. Another I Tales think, game. I don't think it's one of the strongest Tales games, but... But it's a JRPG yeah. for your Vita, and yeah. hell, it's a game for your Vita. So that's a, a retail game, I should say, because there's plenty of digital of games, games for Vita. Vita. Huh? I have loads of games on my Vita. Yeah, well, but I'm just saying they don't come out of retail is all I'm saying. Um, all right, this, uh, oh, there was a crazy old story about a Hearthstone tournament that was going on in, um, the, in Finland, um, that was qualifiers for some sort of, uh, world championship of esports, and they didn't want to let women compete in the tournament because the, yeah. the, this world gets complicated. Tur- yeah, the world tournament was only going to have a male only bracket because they wanted to encourage there to be a female only bracket in order to encourage more women no, to play in that esports. that is not true. No, no. That is not true at all, Chris. I read it. 
I, yes, you yes. read the Here, bull crap PR. Yeah, that's what I read. Yeah, they, they were... want a male only league because they want it to be taken seriously as a sport, and sports don't have mixed leagues. Well, they didn't uh, say that. But yes, okay. uh, they I did. The w- the wording was, I think, to be part. You needed, yeah, I think, to be part of the thing. They had to have. It wasn't that they had to have a male-only bracket. It's what they, they think they had to have a women-only bracket. Yeah, that's what they said. Um, and Anna is no, putting out what... what I'm, I'm, re- I'm going to read it to you right now. So before we get too far, everybody understand that this decision has been reversed. And there will be a male and female bracket and then a female-only bracket in addition to help promote more women playing the game. And you Hang can... on, I'm going to look this up now. No, no, that's that's what's that's what the current situation yes, is. Yes, that's what the current situation is. But here, but that was your what you're saying is not their original statement. Here's their original statement: This decision serves two main goals. The IESF. One, promoting female players. We know that esports is largely dominated by male players, and female players are actually a portion of the overall player base. By hosting a female-only competition, we strive to promote female gaming on a global scale. Two, international standards. IESF is very close to get esports recognized as a true sports like it should be. Part of that effort is to comply with the international sports regulations. For example, chess is also divided into male-female leagues. Despite the suggestion that this is necessary to avoid conflict, gender segregation in esports remains... Oh, wait. Sorry, that's Polygon. So then they posted an update. In the last hours, we've received lots of feedback from you regarding the IESF 6th Esports World Championship, particularly regarding the male-female tournament division. Um, We want to thank you for your interest and sharing your opinions. Um, We're going to be thinking about this. And then later on, there's an update that, hey, we're going to allow women into the main division, and then we'll have a women-only division in addition to that. Um, This is the other thing that stuns me. In this particular tournament, the male competitions are Dota 2, StarCraft 2, Hearthstone, and Ultimate Street Fighter 4. Okay. The female competitions are now Hearthstone, StarCraft 2, and Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Apparently girls don't play Dota? I I don't know. That's a good question. <sighs> I'm. Per- I bet you there's some I, I girls out the, there who I only play. I know the numbers from League from like two years ago. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing that pisses me off: is it's like, yeah, okay, you wanted to be recognized as a real sport, except in in a real sport, we're talking about physiological. No, differences. no, they 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 brought up chess, Anna. Yeah, but again, the IESF has said. They want to promote esports as a legitimate sport. Yes, like chess. No, that's they, not the examples that they were using on their Facebook. Okay, well, I just listed the this example from their statement, chess which says is a chess. Sport? D- yes, competitive chess. Yeah, yeah. But it's competitive a sport. chess is yes. serious. I mean, just, did you yes. see the uh, competitive chess is a serious sport? I mean, did you see what happened when um um crap? It was that uh, Nordic guy played um. Magnus Carlsen, thanks, David. Something Anand. Yeah, Anand from India, and they streamed, and they were streaming it on like Twitch and stuff, and people were going, and people were going nuts over the whole thing. Yeah, Twitch, it's a sport. 
Um, anyway. Okay, okay, help help me out here. I'm just reading a definition off of the website Uh-oh, here. Sports here we go. <laughs> is usually a form of competitive no, physical let's not activity. Do the inter- let's not Where do the internet argument. Where is the physical? Argument. I mean, this is a dictionary. This, I don't like, want to do the internet argument. When you're talking about the Olympics. Where's, but where, yeah, where is the physicality? I understand why soccer APM, Rose, APM. or wrestling. I, I, I understand that you may disagree that chess is considered a sport by people, but it is considered a sport by people. But, but there's no, want, my, my, whole, my whole point ultimately yes, comes to... What is the physical difference between considered a sport? That's fine, but we segregate active sports, for lack of a better phrasing. But my point is, we also segregate non-active sports. Why? Why? I don't know. That's a good question. (laughs) I think that esports should be the things that are coming out and saying women and men can compete intellectually in the exact same way. Thus, we are going to break down these dumbass barriers. I just, just, I'm sorry. When the IESF uses, not in that statement, but on their Facebook and in other places, they use real physical sports. Yeah, that's dumb of them to use that. Yes, it is. Yep, absolutely agree. Yep, they were. They yeah, they shouldn't have done that. uh, Whatever you do, don't. Whatever you do, don't pull a team siren. What's a team siren? I'm so glad I didn't end up doing their social media. What's a oh? What's a team siren? They're an uh, all-girl lol team. Okay. Um, uh, basically, as far as I'm aware from the story of Team Siren was um, Team Siren basically did a massive marketing push ahead of their introduction into the LOL Pro scene. And then they weren't actually any good. That was okay. the big problem. Yeah. Was they kind of hyped themselves up as a legit competitor to basically the big Lo- uh, League of Legends um, like pro teams. And they, they, they just didn't, uh, it didn't deliver on it. Okay. They really didn't deliver on it. I mean, Team Siren aside, and in their defense, Team Siren does have one or two good players. Yes, yes. I'm not def- definitely not going to deny that. Okay. Um, in fact, there were two of them that were looking at contracts until the teams found out they were women. Yeah. Anyways, um, I don't That's know. Terrible. Bottom line, I feel like, yeah, isn't that suckatude? That is absolutely terrible. Maybe it's because the team housing wouldn't work out or something, but Please. that's still terrible. Anyways, I don't know. Bottom line, I think that female gamers have enough trouble getting accepted into the competitive gaming communities without facing these ridiculous segregations and bans. I mean, esports has an opportunity to break away from traditional sports in a really good way and they completely screwed this opportunity so i'm disappointed that's all so what is sport accord membership because they're applying for that now i Um, think that's sort of the umbrella organization of all sports basically i think it's what it's sort of an umbrella an umbrella organization for sort of all the major sports federations okay So, so they're all come on they're all sort of all on, so like FIFA, I think, are part of that. Actually, FIFA's no FIFA, no FIFA is a member, so they're all part of part of this organisation. So it sort of helps them get into international competitions, sort of events like sort of various games. So the, the Olympics stuff like that. So. That's what. But apparently, one of the requirements is to have a separate bracket for women or something like that but I don't know enough to comment further 
Well, I mean, we've got things like uh, the women's football leagues in this country and there's women's basketball in America. So I presume that, I don't know, I don't know much about sports regulations because, funnily enough, I don't play sports. Yeah. Not even esports. And in fact, I kind of gave up on playing competitive chess a long time ago. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, chess is one of the sports that's part of it, and cheerleading is one of it. But you've also got all the other ones like football, floorball. So sports okay. be complicated, yo. I thought it's just <laughs> kicking a ball around the pitch. So actually, yeah. uh, I, I'm just gonna I'd say just go and watch um, like Scarlet's stream or something. She's awesome. Um, Was that too out of context? Yeah, I, no. yeah. No, I think oh, that I'm, I'm trying enough. to read the latest article. Just there's this is complicated, and I there's there's a lot going on here from the IEF side, and I I don't well, know. The that important I wanna... thing is they reversed the decision. They, I report, mean, they reversed the decision, any... but at the same time, they're like, guys, I, I know you don't like this, but this this way of doing it was getting more women involved, and that might actually be true. Except it wasn't. Well, okay. Okay, so they say it was, and you say it wasn't, and I don't know who to believe. Because <laughs> the problem is, is that we encourage women to play, but only these two games. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I think I think the diff- I think the the issue here is more the game lists as well. It's um, like they hold six okay. tournaments for men and two for women. Okay. One right. is the but same. But if there's game. no interest, they can't spend the money hosting the tournaments. Except there is interest. But, but apparently not enough to make it financially viable. You have to remember that that's a real thing. You can't just have tournaments gratis because these things cost money. Yes, I am aware. But at the same time, I think from the other side, it's also unfair. Why should only women be able to play Tech and Tag Tournament 2? I mean, doesn't it get Who played? Who wants to play Tech and Tag Tournament too? That's what I my question. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's actually a really good question. <laughs> I, I think that that might actually have to be the. Okay, no, I, I'm I'm not going to try not to be flippant about that. But that yeah, that is a pretty important takeaway question. Why why would anyone want to play Tech and Tag Tournament? Too? <laughs> uh, now I'm I don't know. I'm probably going to end up getting now, hate mail from some fighting game nice unity thing person. Is, Blizzard is now getting involved, and they have basically said. When tournaments involve our game, we are going to strongly encourage that they are used in open for all format. Okay. Yeah, I did kind of wonder if Blizzard was going to weigh in on that one. Yeah. Well, it, the, well, the IESF apparently had to decide to allow Blizzard to get involved, but whatever. Then with consultation from the Blizzard, I like this statement, we decided that the new policy that we just announced may not be the most logical decision, but could be the one which answers to the voice of the public. Really? What does that mean? God. So it's not. I, I'm. I'm trying to figure out what does that mean. It's not logical. Like you're still saying that. Well, it's it's actually still wrong. But you know. Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> I guess Sorry, we should policy, move on. See what sticks. Yeah. So I mean, I think what they've done is really good. They have an open for all bracket. If the women want to play competitively against the men and try to move on to those major tournaments, they have the opportunity to do so. If they don't, they can then enter the female competitions. Actually, they've removed the Hearthstone female only. Or there isn't a Hearthstone female only. It's only StarCraft 2 and Tekken 2. Wow, okay. I'm just looking at this now. Sorry. Yeah, and there is an open for all Tekken Tag 2. Yes. So So, they added that. Oh, did they? Yes. Okay. So they changed things again? Yes. (laughs) So here, the new tournament that's going on in Finland has two brackets. Well, Finland is different than this one, but okay. Yeah. Okay. So, no, this is for the Finnish tournament. Okay. Open for all, men or women. 
Dota 2, StarCraft 2, Ultimate Street Fighter 4, Hearthstone, and Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Female leagues, StarCraft 2, Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Right, that's the same for the ISF World Championship as well. Cool. So Finland and, and that are in line, I guess. Yes. Yeah, okay. So I, I don't know. I don't want to dwell on this too much, but that's... Man... So I do you mind that they have a female only tournament as well to help uh, women get involved think, without any of the, the No, I think it's really good because here's the problem is is you still have teams that don't even accept women. Okay. So it's incredibly difficult to break in. Okay. At the same time if they have female only Here's the problem, the two tournaments are not team events. I know. So <laughs> it's not addressing that issue at all. I think it is. I think if the teams are able to scout a female-only league where they can watch women play competitively... But they're not playing those league sports. So there's there's no Dota 2 scouters who can get info from a StarCraft 2 tournament. That's true. That's that's my point. But So they need to have a Dota 2 all-women tournament, don't you yes. think? If that's going to be... But then that costs money, and if there's not enough women teams... Ugh. Right. I mean, we're still in a growth stage. Uh-huh. We this is still very much an evolving space. All right. I mean, it's I, nice I, to see women playing in it at all. It I think it's basically I think it's a combination of, of something like three issues. Growth stage, um, obstructive bureaucracy and just, you know, the general like sort of uh percentage numbers between male and female players and people who aren't male male or female. Um what? So it kind of it kind of almost like kind of compounds each other and then you kind of get into this uh sort of bizarre chicken and the egg issue which 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 problem do you fix first? I mean personally I'd get rid of obstructive bureaucracy but that's because I'm British. Um one thing that they definitely need to do and they haven't done it yet is that um there is no tournaments in the IESF World Championship for women. So either they need to have world championships that are specific they to women. They just said that there are. I just said there are two. Not yet. Yeah. No, the IESF World Championship is going to have the StarCraft 2 and the Tekken no. Tag 2. No. Yes. I'm, Those are for all locals. No. I'm reading that on their no, page. The, the second one is the World Championship. The first is one, it? I think, okay. is a qualifier for it. Okay. I'm looking at the IESF Facebook page when okay. I say that. As of two days ago. Yes. Yes. They did not have female championship Like, they literally events. added it July 2nd. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I guess we can I'm say that's a, a good I'm reading a story from, in, like, that... July 2nd that says they have no world championships. They have no female brackets in world championships. Well, they do now. Well, and well that's great. That's I would a, also that's a step in the love right direction, to see um, a seed in the open to all that is specifically set aside to women, to the woman who, who wins a specific regional championship because they do that for the men's leagues. Oh, I don't know if they're not doing that. Are they not doing that? No. Okay. But I mean, if the, if the goal is to make all the open leagues open, like to not, to get rid of the men's leagues, then you would have this inverted thing where the women are getting seated in there and the men can't get seated in there. Yes, they can. Well, they have to win the open championship. Yes. Right. And so no women will get in through the Open Championship and for a while because of the greater strength of men players in general, I guess, or something like that. Right. And then the women, the supposedly weaker women players coming out of the women bracket will be getting higher seed positions, which is that not, fair? Not a right? higher seed position, a seed, a seed position. A seed position, which is that fair? 
Yeah. If okay. their goal is to encourage women to play, let the women play. Okay. If they suck, they will get knocked out. Okay. Well, yeah, that's the important thing. I mean, you're I knocking, you gotta, you're taking I, spots away think, from stronger male players. But if if the goal is not necessarily just to have the strongest players play, but to have to encourage more gender inclusivity, then okay. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Half of the appeal of esports isn't necessarily the strength of the teams competing. It's yep. making sure that the teams competing are able to, well, put on a show. I mean. You know, I think most of the people who are involved in the scene are at least aware that, you know, some of the people who are watching them don't actually care if they win or lose. They just want to see them play. Okay. Fair. I think that's that's true. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, even in things like the LOL Pro scene, um, I think there are a couple of teams. Okay, I might be a little bit disparaging to them here, but there must be a couple of teams who are just like, yeah, we probably can't compete with the top four. But, you know, damn hell, we're going to give people a good showing. How many people like Huck? Um, I don't know. Very, You're talking to a group of people who don't know who he is, Anna. <laughs> so, I'm, I, that question was actually aimed at you. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Uh, he seems to have a lot of fans and right. a lot of detractors. But he's not necessarily a good player. I, I don't know. I would say he's not a good at grammar, is what I would say. <laughs> Carrying on. All right, so Next let's story. move on. It's time for time for a new topic. If please leave your feedback on that issue in the po- uh, Pokemon podcast at rpgamer dot com and uh, board at rpgamer dot com and six zero eight seven two nine four zero nine eight. All right, to move on to something lighter, PokemonCenter dot com. I recommend you all go there in your browser right now. I'll give you a second. That's right. The Pokemon Center is opening an online store where you can buy Pokemon goods right from the Pokemon Center. And they've got three items up available, including a running Pikachu plushie, which is very adorable. Um, I like this story because in here they've got a plushie that's a mail carrier Pikachu, which I really, really, really want. But it's not available for sale yet. And um, yeah, they're going to be opening a full store um, at the end of the month. But they, in the meantime, they've got uh, a countdown where you can buy... Um, a few pre-order items now at PokemonCenter.com. Check that out. August 6th is when it co- opens in the U.S. and you get to choose from all the great gear. So, who's going to buy Pokemon stuff? Someone set Fox's tree on fire. What? His neighbor set his tree on fire Ed yesterday. Ed Walker's tree got set on fire? Yeah. Well, that's weird. Fireworks run amok? Okay. Poor guy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it would be fireworks. Good point. <laughs> hey, here we go. Here's a free-to-play JRPG. We want more JRPGs. Here's one. How about one created by uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi? You know, the father of Final Fantasy. He's, uh, he's announced a new title. <laughs> good, good reaction, Anna. Perfect time for a yawn. He's announced a new title called Terra Battle. It's a role-playing game. It's for smartphones. It's JRPG. It could arrive on consoles, but right now it's a September release on Android and iOS devices in Japan only for right now. Um, this was announced at like Japan Expo in Paris or something like that, and or he's talking about it there. And yeah, so it's a, uh, 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 that's not so useful, is it? Do I need to yawn again? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, let's see. We got more on that Hearthstone stuff. All right, Swordsman. Swordsman. If you guys remember, this is the NCSoft. Did I say NCSoft? Did I mean to say NCSoft? No. 
the perfect world. This is a perfect world uh, published game. Um, it is a ma- martial arts, massively multiplayer online role-playing game. That's right, it's a kung fu MMO. And I downloaded it and played it two days ago and deleted it after 20 minutes of tutorials because yeah. I just felt like a cheap Thir- Asian MMO. But so the many. localization quality of the of the text seemed okay, though not well-written as far as being in character, right? Um, but it did have that look of like just a, a generic MMO UI and... I just, I couldn't do it. I'm sorry, folks. I couldn't do it. I couldn't get you impressions, and I feel really bad that I couldn't do it, but I couldn't do it. So, yeah, if you want to play a martial arts-based MMO that has a combat system that's slightly different than normal, kind of, sort of, maybe, you can do that. There's a lot of, like, kung fu stuff, though, and cutscenes and and stuff like that, so... If you want that Asian feel, give it a try. Maybe you can get past the generic MMO sections and into the cool cutscenes with MMO Kung Fu and you can deal with it, right? Maybe? No? I don't know. Eh, nobody cares. All right. It's out now. It's in open beta. You can go to uh, playswordsman.com and check it out. All right. I'll just there have been there. so many Kung Fu MMOs and none of them have worked. Well, this one looks better localized than the Snail Games one. Um which I don't even remember the name of at this point. So Age of Wushu. Age of yeah, Wushu? Age of Wushu. Yeah. I am black side to proof the uh, needles impression. The, the problem is that it feels like all the other Perfect World games. This one, and I don't know. Except this one, you can run around on rooftops. So I guess that's good. I just didn't get to that point. Maybe I should have done that. If I'd gotten to the point where I could run around on, on rooftops, I might be more into it. This game should appeal to me, and I just feel frustrated that I was playing it and I couldn't. I couldn't get into it. Whereas, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's like Jade Empire. I just need to play it longer, and then I'll get into it. Uh, somebody tell me if Swordsman's actually good. I want it to be good, but it I, it seems very generic. Rob Pardo has left Blizzard. What? He's a chief created chief creative officer, or was, and one of the lead dev- designers of World of Warcraft. He's left after 17 years. We don't know where he's going yet. Um, he's going to spend the summer with his family, probably wait on a non-compete and then join somewhere else. Um, and, uh, that's all we know. Rob Pardo has left Blizzard. Do we, is that a big deal, Anna? Do you think? Yes. That's a big deal. All right. Hmm. So he's going to be making games elsewhere, I guess. Uh, hmm. (laughs) Monster Hunter Freedom Unite is now out in the U.S. App Store. Yeah, 15 bucks gets you um, the Monster Hunter game from the PSP converted to, uh, you know, uh, I- iOS controls. So, woohoo. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I heard some good things from people when they played it originally. I don't know if it's. I'm, I'm going to listen to 8 4 play and see what they're thinking of it before I decide to pick it up. If anyone picks this up, let me know. Is this worth playing or should I just continue to play or should I stick to like Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate instead? RP Gamer has an impression up of Telepath Tactics. Guard, um, Guard Llama? What? Guard Llama? <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, that's not part of the, ta- the name. All right. <laughs> telepath Tactics. Where did the Guard Llama come from in my name here? That, that's sort of the demo thing that he impressioned. Oh, that's the mini campaign he was playing called Guard the Llama. Yeah. Okay. Guard Llama. All right. So this is a little, um, I guess, an indie game. Uh, Sinister Design, whoever they are, they're the ones developing and pushing this out. SinisterDesign.net. Um, you can read the impressions of it by Zach. Um, see what he thinks of Telepath Tactics. 
You really liked this. It was a Kickstarter game. Okay. Um, oh, oh, I've played this. Yes. I've played this. How did you know I played this? I played this at a PAX or something. Yeah, you've talked about how much you liked it at a PAX. I did like it. Is this out? Mm. No, of course not. It's just an impression. huh? Oh, alpha funding. So yeah, no, it's not. What's going on? Uh, the, the, you know what's interesting? Everything this company makes has the word telepath in its title. <laughs> All right. It's almost like it's a thing. In development. Still in development, but he tried it out and apparently it's still good. So keep an eye on this one. I'm telling you, keep an eye on this one. Um, I was hoping they'd upgrade the graphics some, but I don't know if that's happened yet. But um, All right. Let's see. Uh, Classic Heroes 2G is getting a boxed version. Isn't this the thing that they said they weren't going to make because the Kickstarter failed? No, this is the PS3 version. Uh, I'm confused. I thought that was not going to happen. It was, it, the, the PSP game wasn't supposed to get a box version because the Kickstarter failed. Oh my gosh. All right. So there will be a PS3 version of Class of Heroes 2G. Um, it'll go into a limited print run once the pre-sale period is over on July 27th. Um, there'll be a double-sided package cover, blah, 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 blah. 50 bucks on their website if you want Clash of Heroes. Digital version is 35 So that's nice. That's nice. You know, complain all you want about this thing, but the fact that um, the, the digital version costs less, I like that. That's the way all games should be. <sighs> Thank you. Totally agree. Kingdom Hearts 2.5 has a big old visual trailer comparison on our site. You can go see they've got a side-by-side comparison of the graphical changes between the old PS2 version and the new uh, HD PS3 version. So you can go see. They actually did a lot of work here changing costumes and stuff. So like the uh, the Jack Skellington world is being shown off and you they completely changed from Halloween costumes to more Christmassy costumes um, in the new version. So you can go check that out. Um, watch that. Anna was like, oh, that looks pretty. It's an eight-minute long video, so you get lots of um, of examples of what's been uh, changed. It, it's actually this. the same video sequence done three times. Oh, is it? Yeah, the first one is sort of trying to do it side by side. The second one is just HD, and the third one is just the original. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's I'm not sure weird. why. <laughs> that is weird. Well, so you can really compare. <laughs> Um, Sword Art Online has a date, um, Hollow Fragment. It has a date for August 19th in North America, August 20th in Europe. Um, there you go. Which is a bit odd, because that's the same day as Tales of Zillia 2. Exilia 2. Well, which one would you rather play? Exilia 2. Okay, <laughs> so done. You're, you're good. Sword Art Online is based on a light novel series. What is a light novel? Um, and has seen some That's... anime and manga adaptations. What does that mean? Light novels, uh, they're... Uh, I'm trying to find the copy and figure out how big it is. What? They're, light novels are about 200 pages. Oh, okay. But they're, they're basically a series of books that a lot of animes get based on. Huh. They okay. usually come out sort of quite quickly. Well, all right. And let's see. Hmm. That's weird. All right. So let's sort out online. Uh, NIS America has an announcement of... Uh, oh, in, during Anime Expo, they announced uh, Criminal Girls Invite Only for the Vita. 
Uh, they also announced the Awakened Fate Ultimatum for PS3, which is the fate, sequel to the Guided Fate Paradox. And uh, they'll be both published in both North America and Europe. Uh, Criminal Girls Invite Only is a revamp of the original PSP title. Um, you, you lead a gang of female delinquents through the depths of hell and an ultimate rehabilitation program. I don't. I don't even want to know anymore. Um, uh, I will. Yeah, I will say that uh, NIS has changed this game for the Western release. Oh, yeah, really? It's all been censored. Has it? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's weird. Which it's think... like this game is all about punishing girls for the fan service, and now you're just punishing them for the censor. It's sort of weird. They changed the point of the game. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't think it's my kind of game, honestly, but I think that they've completely, I think that they've killed any potential audience for it. I'm not sure how much they've changed it. It's just said they, they made a note that they have had to change stuff. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's uh, something. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah. And the other one is Awakened Fate Ultimatum. They didn't reveal much other than it should arrive later this year. And a bit of the story of uh, angels and Celestia and demons and whatever. All right. And uh, so there. NAS games. Um, Trails. In the, oh, we already covered that. There is a video from Borderlands, the pre-sequel, which has uh, Handsome Jack's tips for surviving on the moon. This is the video that people waited in line to watch at um, at E3. And if you yeah. didn't have an appointment, you watched this video and then you left the booth after waiting for half an hour. Um, if you did have an appointment, you got to play the game afterwards. So you, you can get the E3 experience of people who didn't have appointments at the Borderlands booth. <laughs> Doesn't that sound exciting? No? Okay. So that yeah, Borderlands pre oh boy. Yeah. So go watch that. We got that up on the site now. Uh, Freedom Wars. We have a trailer for Freedom Wars, which we talked about earlier. We can go check that out on our site. Um, Hyperdimension Neptunia Reborn is coming out in August. Um, this is a remake of the first Hyperdimension Neptunia game, right? Yeah. No. Yes. Okay. And it will come out August 26th in North America, 27th in Europe. Um, isn't that just because of the Dateline? Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. No, it's because PSN updates on Wednesdays here and it updates oh, okay. on Tuesdays in North America. All right. Then. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's it. You can see some screenshots of that. And uh, No, Anna, you can't buy that version because you still have the PS3 version. They didn't steal that. They only stole number two from us. Damn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Damn smart cooks. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a review up for Battle Princess of Arcadia's, which is a game I don't even recall hearing anything about. What is this game? Who's making this? Yeah, like, kind of came Vanillaware? out of left field. When did this come out? It looks like Vanillaware, but it's not. I forget the developer. Okay. Oh, it's, uh, it's NIS. Gee, I think self, self-developed. Yeah, Nipponichi but... Software. Yeah, self-developed. Yeah. Okay. So it's a side-scrolling RPG month. featuring cute girls with really big swords. And you can che- check out the review. It got kind of an average re- result from her. But hey, you can help a king who's a duck or something like that. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. So you go, you run around and beats things up. How much is this? Is this Vita? What is this? PS3. When did this come PS3, out? PS3. It's like thirty. Thirty. Yeah. Maybe forty tops. That looks like something yeah. I want to play fifteen for. Came out about three weeks ago, I think. 
That, that's exactly Doesn't what I was thinking, Chris. Doesn't it sound Chris. like something we'd get on PS Plus? Yes. Or wait for it to come out on PS Plus. No, I was thinking the same thing. Wait for a big sale or just PS Plus it. It looks pretty. It, it is. It is pretty. It's just it's got some significant uh, issues that will rot from the job uh, from the enjoyment over the long run. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely read the review. I, I who, who reviewed that again? Okay. Funamon lets us know yeah, we that talked about it. it is. Funamon lets us know that apparently we are wrong and that it was made by Apollo Soft, not NIS. I know that's what's listed on our page, but maybe that's in- inaccurate. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. He says. It was announced months ago. Well, okay. NIS America on PS Plus, LOL. Um, except like every Disgaea game gets up on there. Yeah, um, <laughs> like 90% of what Nisa puts out gets on PS Plus. Eventually. Um, and if it's not free, it's at like a significant they have sales, discount. Yeah. Okay, well, whatever. So let's see. Um, what's next here? I've got an RPG Elements t- column that we can go through here. So there's a Witcher adventure game. It's a board game that we've got coverage of. Go check that out. That looks really cool. I want to play that. Phil, can you come over and we can play the Witcher adventure game? All right. Yeah, get on right over in here. Well, um, and I believe isn't part of pre-ordering or something, you get the electronic version eventually. Is there an electronic that version game? too? Oh, yeah, that's right. Check. Yeah, there is. There is. There is. Yeah, Manny got to play mm-hmm. it. So that's... Yeah, because y'all were talking about it a week or two ago yep. when I was listening. Yep, yep. Um, there's a giant collector statue of Geralt in The Witcher, which is kind of weird. You can watch him killing a griffin that looks really ugly. Um, there's a GOG client that's called Galaxy. It's like Steam, but it's not Steam. And, yeah. So, that yeah, go check that out in the RPG Elements title, written by our very own Manny Marino. Uh, let's see. There's big old story showing up. Um, Alex, you posted this about Risen Three. Oh yeah, it's a bunch of screenshots, I guess. But there's a bunch of screenshots, and I think there's some stuff about the setting. Is it good? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I haven't played in the Risen game, so I couldn't really comment. All right, uh, we got a. I just, I just wrote, I just wrote up what they sent me. We got ooh, a. Ooh, 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 ooh. Chris, yeah? yeah. What you were expecting just happened. What? Poo just floated in. Oh, oh into the uh, into your Disney game? Yeah. Yeah, stop playing during the podcast. No. <laughs> All right, so we got a Currents column where we talk about PlayStation Now. You can go read up on some thoughts about that. Hey, so yeah. have you looked at the prices? Yeah. They're kind of obscene. They are. I mean... Um, but they're beta. I don't trust any of the prices yet. Okay. Just making sure you're not spending any money on it. All right. <laughs> I'm not, um, because there are no games I want on it anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's uh, PlayStation Now is not shaping up to be a big thing based on the beta, so hopefully they really change that. that that's the sort of thing that should come out and have 300 games on it day one. And if it doesn't, I think they failed. But whatever. And wow, harsh. Yeah. I, well, I mean... it. They get a chance to do Virtual Console right, but a little bit different in that it's rental instead of own. And if they don't set themselves apart and they are just this very small selection of titles, which is the same complaint as um, Virtual Console, and they have obscene prices, it's going to fail. Fair and point. Who's going to want it? Are you going to want it, John, John Phil, Alex? Anybody going to want that? 
No. I I kind of set up a straw man. No, I mean, no, yeah. no. And, and as a more of a retro gamer myself, I, I pretty much already have most of what yeah, I want. But good. even but even if I didn't look, I mean, you're right. The, it's just beta. Who knows what the final price are going to be at? But that whole pricing structure thing kind of scares me a little bit. Not to mention, it's not like Sony is well known for having competitive prices already on like the PlayStation Store and stuff. So, yeah, very, very trepidatious. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, we've also got a review up of Borderlands 2 and the Vita. Um, hint, Michael Cunningham liked it, so you can go uh, check it up. You will yeah, not definitely. like Borderlands 2 if you compare it to the console versions. You will not like Borderlands 2 if you think that it came out too late after the console versions. If you can get over both of those things, it's a great game. Yeah, Anna's exactly right. It's a shame that I, I've seen a lot of critic reviews just totally slam this game. Um, it's got a pretty low meta meta score, but uh, you know, Michael has a, a good take on it, so go check out the review. Hmm. Um, but Michael also likes Tiny Tina, which I think is a mistake. But you can't. I like Tiny that. Tina. I like Tiny Tina in the DLC, but not in the main game. She's just annoying and stupid. You didn't shoot the grandma. Uh, okay. Did you shoot the grandma? I'm still angry. I can't shoot that. the grandma. It didn't let me shoot the grandma. Uh, whatever. Um, we've got a bunch of videos up from Tales of Exilia showing us new characters. From Tales of Exilia 2, rather. And you can go watch those. And then finally, we have Muramasa Rebirth. A third DLC chapter's been announced for both North America and Europe. So if you've been playing those Muramasa Rebirth, um, there'll be another DLC. And it's coming out in English. So... There you go. Did I miss any stories, peoples? I'm hearing nothing, so I'm assuming None no. that I'm not going to post next week. You're not going to post? Uh, none that I'm not posting next week. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. And, well, no, but can't we post them now? Talk about them now? No? All right. Uh, no, because I don't have any links to them at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and let's see. Um, I think that's it. So what oh, are we going to play next week? Oh, I, I was okay. actually going to mention one thing. Um, the large uh, 2.3 patch for Final Fantasy XIV comes out on Tuesday. Tuesday is 2.1? 2.3. 2. 2.3, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm confusing it with Diablo 3's big patch that's coming. <laughs> which is 2.1. All right, so uh, FF14 2.3, coming out Tuesday. Everyone log in and get your new squirrel pet, right? Isn't that the thing they just showed off? No. Did they? Yeah, they, they showed off new pets. There were two new pets, and one of them was like a little tiny squirrel or something like that. So, whatever. Nobody cares. All right. Well, still. Uh, enjoy, enjoy that. Um, what are we going to play this week? Apparently, some people are going to play Final Fantasy fourteen. I get the feeling. Yeah, fourteen. Yep. Is that all you and uh, John and Alex? That's all you're going to play? Oh, no, I'm yeah. going to play. I'm going to play more Dragon Age and Zoom Eleven. Okay. Play and probably Fort- Broken Sword. <laughs> Broken yeah, Sword. I- oh, going adventure. Yeah. Nice. And all right. So, what about you, Phil? Ah, same thing, plugging away to try to polish off Final Fantasy V, continue to plug away at uh, Dragon Warrior 2 and uh, more Final Fantasy fourteen. Everyone's playing fourteen this week. So what's the easiest way for people to get involved in fourteen again for people who want to join up with this big patch? 
I, I I found it easiest just to buy the game through uh, Steam. It's it was like uh, Adrian did no, it. Not Liga how to last... get the game. I mean, how to hook up with the RP gamer folks. Okay, I'll oh. search for if you search for the Res Arcana Guild. Res Arcana. Free, okay. R E S and then space A R C A N A. Okay. And then bug people who are on that list of members. <laughs> yeah, fun, any one fun... of them can invite you. All right. The fun part is just getting they may not know how to, but they they can. And while you're at it, go and visit the pub. Because Twin put a lot of effort into it's that. It's in Gridania? Yep. No, no, the pub's in um, Alda's housing district. Alda, okay. Uh, and it's specifically in... Where is it? I think it's number two, is it? Uh, uh, second Ward and then Plot 22. Plot 22. And what, what's it called? Does it have uh, a name? The 14th Arcanum. The 14th Arcanum. Nah. Oh, what? I should get that. All right. So, <laughs> all right. Thank you. And uh, uh, that means who's left? Who's playing other things? Anna, what are you playing? I don't know. What are you going to drag me into playing this week? Oh, uh, we're going to play some Divinity Original Sin mm-hmm. and maybe some Van Helsing or Van Helsing 2. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. I'm going to keep playing Disney's Magic. You are going to keep playing Disney. <laughs> yeah, I know you. I have to go see Pooh. You got to go see Pooh. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to play more Halo 2, and uh, let's see, i got a stack of games here. What will I get into? Um, well, Divinity Original Sin, and maybe like a Ratchet game or a Sly game or something like that. Yeah, some, yeah I some can't wait to hear more about platforming. Divinity Original Sin. Yeah, I w- I'm sorry I couldn't get around to it before the show today. I really wanted to. Um, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to seeing some more on that. Oh, you know, I was thinking real fast uh, before we end up, uh, you were, were talking about JRPGs maybe going away or whatever have you. You know, it's really funny is that uh, is that uh, I've kind of seen that a lot with my with my favorite little sub genre, which is like your Western tactical RPG. I mean, that that's really been on the download. But in recent years, Kickstarter's really, you know, brought that back with a vengeance with games like, you know, Wasteland and um, uh, gosh, a Shadow Run. Shadow Run is awesome. It's awesome as a Kickstarter thing or whatever have you. So maybe what maybe what we need in the in the near future is some really good uh, you know traditional JRPGs kickstarted. Okay. And not not RPG Maker ripoffs. Not yeah. that I don't like them, but you know, <laughs> well they've something got a little that, beefier. That AAA, um, there was that Kickstarter for the AAA JRPG featuring top talent. Remember? Oh, I missed Phoenix. that. Project Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. Ugh. Except it didn't have top-tier talent. It had one guy we recognized, Nobu Matsu, and a bunch of people who worked on games that didn't work in the position that they were going to have for the Kickstarter game. Uh, let's see. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that's that was one of the things. No? Okay. Uh, there was also Unsung Story, right? Or did that not count? No. That was the play deck game. Nobody remembers. Nobody remembers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the Matsuno tactical RPG, except it isn't really by Matsuno. Nobody remembers this? He, he created the game design, but he, he's he, not going to be involved with the actual game. Yeah. And then there's Project Phoenix, and nobody cares about that either. So, I mean, this is happening, John. It's just... I keep calling you John. This is happening, Phil. <laughs> but, <laughs> because your nickname is JC, uh, and I'm just getting really confused. 
Oh, I give up. All right. Thanks for everybody for being on the show this week. Um, join us as we play games next week. Apparently a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen. So, yeah. Uh, go, go jump on in on that and have a resurgence of Final Fantasy on the server Leviathan. You can also leave feedback at podcast.rpgamer.com and you can go to the message boards at board.rpgamer.com and, of course, 608-729-4098 is the voicemail number where you can leave a message and you'll be played right here live on the show. Catch us live, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, every week at rpgamer.com slash live or twitch.tv slash rpgamer. Um, and in addition to that, um, have a good week and we'll see you next time uh, Chris yeah no question of the week no the question of the week is how awesome is RPG Backtrack starring Phil Willis see and Michael you just you saved me the effort of plugging yep. my podcast at the end which you can go you, you can go to at <laughs> rpgamer.com slash I don't know where but you can on the left side it'll say Backtrack left side Backtrack yeah. there you go <laughs> somewhere there <laughs> Alright. Thanks everybody for joining. We'll catch you next week. Bye everybody. Ooh, come back. Don't fly. Bye bye. Bye now. Bye bye.